Hi, listener. Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. This week on the show, the ginger geek himself, Matt Dalhauer, returns to bring us a new edition of our awesome ongoing series called What the Fuck Happened? Geerific. Where we take a high-profile comic book movie that was a bomb. Dalhauer gives it his patented recap and analysis. We try to figure out. What the fuck happened this time, listener? It's the amazingly awful movie from 2009, X-Men Origins Wolverine. A movie so bad that you wish you had an adamantium bullet to the head just to forget what you just saw. Sit back and relax as we take you back to an age where the Black Eyed Peas were popular and Deadpool shot lasers out of his eyes. For some reason, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, May 12th, 2017. Why are you putting people through this? Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and be nerded. Be funny. Disturb it. Jock and be nerded. Spoiler alert. What up, listener? Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's a nerd. Jock and Nerd. And that is the soundbite that uh, we like to play once we introduce ourselves. Welcome to the show. Thanks for checking us out. Also, joining us, if you've seen the show notes, you're very excited to press play on this episode because we have here the master of ceremonies for an awesome series we got going called What the Fuck Happened? It's the ginger geek himself, Matt Delhauer. What's up, dude? What's up, dude? How's it going? <laughs> I can't ever not do that. It's the rug boy Delhauer, Matt. We're just a mashup of characters. It's hard not to do that, though, because I can't. I know. It's like. It's just, it's ingrained at this point. It's, that's how you say hi when you come on this podcast. I can't, and I can't start the show unless somebody does that. Uh, Rugs again is not with us. He will, he'll come back next week. But, uh, this one, listener, if you are a first time listener, thanks for checking us out. Here's what you get if you subscribe for free. We are a weekly geekly digest of comic book and superhero related news, reviews, and interviews. We talk about the movies, the TV shows, uh, comic books, and pop culture interview creators. And uh, this show is a little bit different because this is part of our special series we got going with Matt Talhauer, Ginger Geek Box Spot, called What the Fuck Happened, where we take a high profile comic book bomb of a movie. And Del Hauer gives his patented entertaining recap. And then the man does show prep, which is why I love the show. I don't have to do anything. We try to dive into figure out what the fuck happened to this movie. And this is a good one. I'm very excited. Yes. Del Hauer, thanks for taking <laughs> taking another bullet yes. for us. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. The, uh, you know, my my brain might grow back, but my memory. <laughs> it's that adamantium bullet. That'll do it every time. Uh, before we begin our What the Fuck Happened recap, I want to tell the listener, uh, check out our last show if you just started listening. We reviewed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, also with the Dalhauer. We have back-to-back Dalhauers. Lots of fun. And we just had a great time talking about this movie. May have oh, yeah. gushed it was, over it, it was, a little it bit. It was great to be able to just be so engrossed in a film that we we loved and we loved talking about 
before I had to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's like the perfect... Or is it a it's palate a nice cleanser? Yeah, yeah, there we go. We built up our excitement for good stuff, and now we're just going to break it down and wallow in some uh, shitty geek stuff, which is, you got to do that. You got to balance it out. Uh, also, I got to give a shout out to some pod buddies, Kate and Patrick, at a really entertainingly, hilariously to listen podcast called See, Here's the Thing. Uh, last night, Anthony and I went on guest appearance. Lots of fun, Anthony. We ruined their show. We ruined their show. This is going to be the. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be one of the longest shows they probably put out because, I, you know me, I can't shut my fucking trap. But they, Kate's been on the show, episode 122, and uh, they had us on. And they did it awesome. It was a lot of fun. There was a sports game where, uh, Anthony, quite, you impressed me with your sports knowledge because he actually got to talk some jock stuff. Hell yeah. We, we talked more jock stuff on that show than we've ever talked on this show. Oh, wow. So you're not just jockeying name? No, no. he actually has <laughs> jock knowledge. So, listener, that show will be out this week. I'll put a link in the show notes. It'll be well shared on our Facebook and Twitter. If you want to hear more jock stuff, go check that out. There's plenty of geek stuff in there, too. Anthony also realized another thing. We are so much more geeky than we give ourselves credit for uh, when amongst, like, uh, yeah. outside people. Uh, we're just like, amongst the normal people yeah, that don't yeah. obsess amongst over the normies. Amongst uh. the normies, Anthony's like, "Oh, I just assumed everybody knew this, like myself." Well, I think it's especially because for Anthony, like he comes on this show and he's the one who's coming in with the casual fan like right. experience, right? So it's like for him, he's with you and Rugboy and me, and he's like, "I don't know what the fuck you guys are even talking about." So when he then has people like, "I don't know what you're talking about" when it comes to <laughs> geek stuff, like that's unheard of. Yeah, it is weird. And they were like asking me for like background on characters, and I was like, I thought everyone knew this shit. Yeah, yeah, oh, all, right, right, cool. like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll explain it. No, we had fun educating them, and lots of fun. They are also the check that show out. Check that show out. out. See, here's the thing. Uh, the night before that, they came on Trivia Geeks again for a second time, and that was a lot of fun. So that show will come out. Check out Trivia Geeks. And I also – so for me, this is the fourth different show I'm recording in the last three days. Oh, shit. Whew. It's quite the marathon. So we're going to get right to what the fuck happened. We're going to get right to the content. Let's hit it. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. We're going to get right to the content after this. I got to tell you, if you want to interact with the show, you want to get in touch, visit jockandnerd.com slash contact. Uh, you can find the various means of communications on that page, whether it's by word, by text, or by audio. Uh, check it out. Get in touch. Let us know what you what you thought. Uh, so, Delhauer, for this What the Fuck Happened, this is our sixth What the Fuck Happened. Jeez. Congratulations to all of us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. It's a milestone. It is a milestone. Every, every one of them from since the first one yes. is a milestone. <laughs> they've, all been, they've all been milestones. And this wraps up our Ryan Reynolds trilogy of what the fuck happened. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's been six months of Ryan Reynolds movie. I, I didn't think we were going to do it, but it just ended up happening. And after we're done, I will, we'll go over all the, what the fucks we've done, but you've seen the title. We're going to be dissecting, uh, X-Men origins, Wolverine Geek Boner. from 2009. And, uh, I'll set it up with a little bit of information. Rotten tomato score, a, uh, whopping 38%. Uh, so it was higher actually than the last Ryan Reynolds movie. We did. I mean, I'll have to go back and check, but I think this may honestly be the highest rated 
um, Rotten Tomatoes score movie that we have done so For far. All the what the fuck happens. That is I very think. interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting because uh, we were talking before the show and I just watched this just for the second time earlier this week, like five days ago. And I was like, at first I was like, wow, it's kind of entertaining. I don't know if it deserves what the fuck happened, but then. No, get the yeah. run. No, I mean, Jeez. it's entertaining in a bad way. So, and uh, it, it's, it, it's entertaining in a way that it's fun to watch because I realized it was a good pick because literally every 15 minutes I'm going, what the fuck? Uh, to something that happens in the movie. And I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> this movie ran 107 minutes. Uh, probably 89 minutes too long. <laughs> in terms of franchise. I don't know. How how long was the opening credits? Yeah, after that, you could have just cut to black and uh, started the end credits. This was the fourth X-Men film. So it came out after X-Men Last Day and another a phenomenal X-Men movie, but which was yeah. kind of, um, it was, it was a battle between the two of them. Yes. Yes. Uh, as to which one we would do. And, uh, yeah, this one won, won because of Logan <laughs> and of Ryan Reynolds. Like really? was Logan a and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. What was the battle between? I'm sorry. Uh, it was between out. this or X-Men last stand, oh, which was, yeah. yeah. So, cause this came right after that. So this was the first solo spinoff X-Men movie and a, and a prequel <laughs> at that. Uh, technically, and the first, of course, of three Wolverine films, which that was the other amazing thing. Is Progressively we, got better. Yeah, well, <laughs> what, uh, huge, huge jumps. We watched Logan, and then you watch this, and you're like, whoa, this was the first fucking Wolverine movie, uh, and we, we get to Logan, so uh, it's quite remarkable. Uh, if you don't remember the cast here, let's go over a little bit over the, cre- the talent directed by Gavin Hood who has uh, not been heard or seen from since then. I think he went into hiding in a bunker somewhere. <laughs> uh, he did Ender's Game, and uh, he, oh, hasn't, he hasn't really done a lot of he movies. He also did Eye in the Sky. What is that? I don't remember that. It came out a couple of years ago. It was the last movie Alan Rickman was in. Oh, wow. Uh, before he died. Oh, wow. I don't remember. It's something to do with, with drones in the Middle East and all that kind of stuff. That's as much as I remember of whatever the hell it was. Well, it's like a military, military movie. Uh, and right before this movie, he did Rendition, which is another like political military movie. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, written by screenplay by David Benioff and Skip Woods. You got Hugh Jackman, fourth time playing Logan slash Wolverine. Liv Schreiber as Victor Creed. Danny Houston as Stryker. Will I Am as John Wraith because it's 2009. Anybody remember the Black Eyed Peas? Of course, Will I Am is going to be in the movies. The most 2009 thing about this movie is Will I Am. Lynn Collins as Kayla Silver Fox. Kevin Duran, Fred Dukes, Dominic Moynihan playing Chris Bradley. The mutant known as Bolt, Taylor Kitsch, Remy LeBeau as Gambit, Daniel Henney, Agent Zero, Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wade Wilson, Ryan Reynolds, his first shot, Tim Pocock as a young, another young Scott Summers. Uh, and uh, I think that's the main uh, important, you got the young versions of them, but that's uh, the important parts. I think that's of everybody in the movie. The cast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then. Everyone loves to talk. Finally, <laughs> let's take a look at the numbers here. That's a uh, movie had a $150 million production budget. Opening weekend, way back uh, May 1st, 2009, made $85 million. Not too shabby. Not too bad. Eighty-five no. million went on to finish the domestic run at one seventy-nine. Not a good, not no, a good finish. Not a good finish after the eighty-five because that's like uh, half. And then worldwide three seventy-three, including uh, what was it? Yeah, worldwide total. three seventy-three. Worldwide, yeah, worldwide three seventy-three, which ranks this somewhere. And it, and it got 
May first was the prime at yeah. that time. The prime date you wanted. It was, you it wanted was the beginning of summer, summer movie yep. season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the movie prior to that that kicked off the summer was Iron Man. Oh yeah, a year ago. Ah, that's yeah. right. All right. 2010 was Iron Man two that kicked off in between, and then uh, yeah, and then uh, I think the so 2006 was X Men Last Stand. So there was a few years they're trying to get. In the meantime, again, Marvel sneaks in and starts to steal. This was also after like one of the greatest summers in superhero history. It was 2008 Iron Man, Dark Knight, Dark Knight, and. Well, Incredible Hulk wasn't that good, but it was also in that summer. But it was there. It, it was so. there. That it was, was, and, it was and it's not bad. It's not as badly rated on Rotten Tomatoes either. It's still an okay film. No, honestly, I enjoyed the. Yeah, the, it's it's good. Yeah. That Norton Hulk. All right, that's it for the setup. I am going to hand it over to our MC Delhauer. Uh, let's uh, fade to black and then fade up. In a world. Right. Um, so, uh, as we know, um, because this movie expects us to just kind of guess uh, as it starts off, we begin our journey in X-Men Origins Wolverine in 1845 in Canada. Because why wouldn't we want to be in Canada in 1845? Where we are first introduced to a young boy named uh, Jimmy, who apparently is very sickly. This will later on be Wolverine. I'll just tell you now, because you'll figure it out in about two minutes. <laughs> and he's sitting there with his friend, I'm guessing, uh, Victor, who is spending his time carving his fingernails into claws with a pocket knife. Evil. Um, Whoa. Like, or Shadow Much? Uh, he, he makes fun of Jimmy for always being sick, at which point the kid's dad comes in, uh, and tells, uh, Victor that he should go home. Uh, we then hear Victor's dad is apparently outside running around all drunk and yelling and stuff. So he tells Victor to go take him home and then goes to see, and then the dad leaves to go see what the problem is. Uh, Jimmy gets out of bed to go see what the problem is, sees a scuffle between the two grown men when the uh, drunk Mr. Creed shoots Jimmy's dad dead in his own foyer. This is a, this is actually a really important moment. Jimmy runs down, sees his dead dad, uh, falls to his knees, stares to the sky screaming no, and then has bone claws grow out of his hands. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, and this, and this, is, is, the this is the first time. time. Yeah. <laughs> In this movie, that he screams no to the sky, <laughs> but it is not the last. Yes, I remember. I remember seeing that moment. I'm like, wow, that's that's real fucking cheesy. <laughs> Never thinking that this isn't only going to be the only time that we're going to see this. At which point, he then charges uh, head on into the other grown man and stabs him to death with his bone claws. And just as he's about to die, the uh, Mister Mister Creed lets Jimmy know that. That man wasn't your dad. I was your dad. Oh. And then dies. Oh. So he just murdered his own father for murdering a man he thought was his father. <laughs> uh, so he immediately runs away into the night because nothing is better for a sickly young child in 1845 than to run off into the woods in the middle of the night in a house coat. I kind of enjoyed that little misdirect in the beginning because you wouldn't have thought that that little punk ass sickly kid was going to be Logan if you didn't know. 
Really? I knew Everyone that was Logan knew. right away. No, no, such, like, such a fucking because moron. Because there's two people in that room, yeah. and one of, them has, one of them has fingernails that he uses as weapons, so who the <laughs> hell is the other one going to be? I guess right, that's, you're that's, so good, that's a good point. Uh, uh. I wonder who the other guy is. <laughs> like, is it Cyclops? If you'd, never, <laughs> but if you'd never read comic books and you didn't know and you watched this, you would think that was uh, a, a nice misdirect. Uh, so then, <laughs> then, as he's running through the woods, he is then tackled by Victor, who tells him, we can't trust anybody, Jimmy. It's just you and me because we're brothers, and we have to stick to we have to stick together and never stop running. And then they run away, and we then jump ahead in time for the first time, uh, but not the last time nope. in this movie. Yeah. We then enter into the opening credits of the movie, which are actually really fucking cool. Yeah, very interesting. Where we then watch uh, Victor and James. Uh, make their way through all of American history, by which I mean all of the wars in American history, uh, set to, I believe it's, uh, I think it's just a score. It's not, I'm, I'm mixing it up with uh, Watchmen, who did Times Are Changing. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's just like a bombastic score. But why are the Canadians fighting in for America? That's why. Because well, they understand. ran away from Canada, man. I guess nobody knows they're Canadian. He's a little kid who murdered a guy with his point. hand claws. With his hand claws. America welcomes all murderers. Come on in, fight our wars for us. Yeah. yeah. As long as they, as long as they're willing to die on our soil yep. for our causes, sure. then sure. Yeah. Why not? This, this was this was pre nine eleven. You could just walk into this country. <laughs> There's no wall. <laughs> it was pre-Civil War. Uh, so then we watched them fight in the Civil War, uh, World War One, World War Two, and Vietnam. Vietnam. Which, by the way, I had a, a, a conversation with my brother. Uh, I don't want to say argument because we didn't yell or anything. Uh, but we noticed that this movie and the movie that comes after it in the Wolverine series, funny enough, called The Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, created what I believe to be an inconsistency in time and placement for Logan. This movie depicts him and Victor Creed storming the beaches of Normandy in World War II. Yeah. And then the second movie depicts him in Japan with the Marines During when World Nagasaki gets bombed. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember that as well and being like, what? How the hell is he in two he, different parts of the war? He, so granted, it's several years apart in that war. He could have got over there. So he could be there, but at the same time, eh, <laughs> well, well, fine. It's a little whatever. convenient. He's got claws for hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the final bit of this whole uh, opening credit sequence sees uh, Jimmy and uh, Victor put uh, in front of a firing squad in Vietnam for, I guess, destroying a village or something, you know, whatever you do in Vietnam that gets you fired at by your own people. Well, he wasn't Victor, like, killing civilians just for fun yeah, or something? probably. Yeah. Why not? He's the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, it, w- it was that he attempted to rape a woman, oh, according that's right. to Wikipedia. That's right, and, and uh, James is trying to stop him. Yes, and then they he kills one of their officers. Okay. I saw this movie four weeks ago <laughs> in preparation for this, and already I'm just losing chunks of it. <laughs> um, it's a very memorable film. Yeah. yeah, right? Okay, so they get put in front of a firing squad, they get shot at, they don't die, and everyone goes, huh, that's weird. <laughs> so they just put them in a hole. And uh, Colonel Stryker, William Stryker, huh? Yeah. You guys remember yeah. that guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, if you hadn't seen any of the previous X-Men movies, this wouldn't mean shit to you. Which is about how you can sum up this entire film. Yeah. (laughs) 
Stryker then finds out that they uh, didn't die from being shot at and decides he's going to recruit them to a super badass mutant strike force, which, funny enough, is not X-Force and also is not yet Project or is not yet Weapon X. They're called like t- Strike Team, Team X or Team X? Just Team X. Oh, that's original. Mm. Jesus. Because uh, it's a prelude to Weapon X. Oh, I see. <laughs> and then X-Force after it. Yeah. Because apparently, with even without Charles Xavier, everything has to have an X on it when it comes to mutants. <laughs> so they. Uh, this is where we then get to meet the team, which includes such memorable uh, X-Men characters as Agent Zero, Wraith, and Bolt. If you don't know who those three characters are, yeah, it's because you shouldn't, because you didn't read X-Men comics in the late 90s and early 2000s those like are the rest of us. C and D list X-Men that they could afford right there. Which one was, which again, Agent Zero was the, the Asian dude. Agent Zero was the Asian dude, Wraith was Will, Will I, I Am, Will I Am. and then Bolt was uh, Charlie from Lost. Yeah, Dominic Bolt, Moynihan. Bolt just could do like electricity yeah, things, he, like yeah. control electricity. Then, Wraith was basically Nightcrawler. Yeah, he tra- right, he poofed, except he, around. Like, I was going to say, except instead of bamfing, like he just phased out and you could see his fucking skeleton or something. Oh, like, yeah, that's weird. And he had a gun. And then Agent know. Zero is just good with weapons and can I, jump. I looked up Agent Zero while watching this movie to know what the hell his deal is. Yeah. And there is no consistent, like, concept of what his character is from the comics compared to the movie. Because in the comics, he has a healing factor, and apparently, I, I like, I don't even remember. But it was like, they decided to give him just an amalgamation of, I don't know, this would look cool, I guess. Powers. I don't remember any. I don't. I. I was not reading X Men when any of these characters were out. I so remember like, Wraith. Well, that's it. So, like in the movie, Agent Zero apparently is a. He's a marksman right. who like never misses. Yeah. So already he's dead shot. Yeah. Um. He has the uh crazy like agility that he can just jump like seventy feet in the air. Yeah. Because. Yeah. So that's 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 who he is. That's, he's the jumpy shooty guy. That's not like Fox to just completely change an X Men character. No, they would never not. do something like Why that. Why would they do that? <laughs> God, at least they had the decency to hold on to such memorable characters as Fred Dukes, the Blob, <laughs> and everybody's favorite Merc with a mouth who will always have a mouth. Yeah. Wade Wilson. Yeah. See, Fox would never give you one character and then change it later, and for for no reason. So we, yeah, you meet. Uh, a, a, a chattery Wade Wilson right away. And here we finally get our boy Ryan Reynolds in his element. Just talking. Front and center. Just and can't just keep his mouth not shut. not stopping. What I understand, was, I was already, already this movie, I was confused at the time frame. Because when they were introducing the team, I was like, wait a minute, it was just Vietnam. I'm like, what fucking year is this now? Uh, is this still in the 70s? I, it didn't Apparently, make any sense. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's the 70s. Yeah, it's it's in the seventies, um, but you know they they have jeeps and stuff for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so th- we now meet Team X as they are on their way to somewhere in Africa. Uh, I'm sure it says it in the movie. I don't remember. I think it was like Lagos. Sure. Why not? Why not? This is right. also the beginning of like X Men playing with like different eras, but then not really having a sense of time yep. yeah, and how these people age the idea of like, okay, so, you know, we're going to be in the seventies, but it's the seventies that looks like the late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah. There's nothing seventies <laughs> that looks anything seventies in these scenes. 
they fly in on the plane that is being controlled by Bolt because that's his thing. So, you know, they get to save on not having any... Uh, a pilot. Pilot. <laughs> but, I mean, if you kill Bolt, you're stuck there, so... <laughs> Uh, they get into this strange gorilla base that is being run by a warlord, uh, and they decide they're going to attack it, which includes things like uh, Agent Zero jumping over the fence, doing a backflip uh, 14 feet into the air while firing two pistols at people. Okay, who fucking jumps like that? Why would you jump up and flip backwards when people are shooting at you and you're trying to get the drop on them? It did not make any sense. Because he's just so cool and right. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Horrible wire work. Um, Fred Dukes punches a tank to death. Oh, yeah. By just stuffing his fist in the actual barrel of the tank. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, that's the thing I love. I love that he punches his fist into the barrel of the tank. Like, yeah. it, what if you miss? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's, and his arms and whatever, they, it looks so fake and weird and ridiculous. Well, I think... I think they put some prosthetics on his arms to make them look more muscular. And then his he head did, yeah. made his head look tinier. Yeah. <laughs> and then that just didn't help later when they made him really fat. Yep. And then we also get to have the wonderful kitschy moment in the elevator uh, as Wade Wilson uh, continues to talk. And then uh, jumps out of an elevator and is twirling his two katanas so fast that he is ricocheting bullets off of them and cutting them in half. Yeah, there's that scene where the bullet comes at him and he cuts the bullet in half and the two pieces go around and kill two guys. And kill perfect. two guys behind him. Look, as contrived and fucking ridiculous, I was like, that's kind of badass, though, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say the casual fan that I saw that with, because that was in commercials a lot, too. Yeah. I was like, wow, he's awesome. Yeah, and it, I was like, that is kind of cool. I'm like, I don't remember Deadpool ever doing something no, like that. No, he never it, did. Yeah. <laughs> It was like they they built him up to be like, because this this is Ryan Reynolds. God, what did he make before? I think this was like after. This is probably after the proposal. This is yeah. This is pre Green Lantern. It was pre Green Lantern, pre Deadpool. It yeah. was post Blade Trinity. Yeah, he did um, Adventureland right before this. Okay, and the proposal uh, right after this. Oh, okay, okay. So like this this is this is a somewhat younger Ryan Reynolds. I'm not going to say a young Ryan Reynolds because he's not, you know, this this was only eight years ago and the dude's only in his 30s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. Like, the, I think the, the funny thing about this is it's just like everything about this entire sequence is just people sitting around going, oh, this would be so cool. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. And then that would be so cool. Oh, and then everyone's going to think they're so cool. This is the most it, badass team ever. It's already <laughs> four different tones in this movie. Yes. And we are only five minutes in. It's quite the mashup of a movie. Absolutely. So it's like we have badass action movie. We have a period, period piece. drama. Yeah. <laughs> family drama. Yeah. And we also have like snarky comedy. Yeah. It does not already. You're like, what? It, what does this movie want to be? Doesn't know. Um, where we also, just before this mission starts, we get our first hint at uh, the idea that Wolverine doesn't like flying in planes because they make him seasick. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this gets played up all the time in those movies <laughs> because that was like the one like weak character quality they figured they could give him 
was like, oh, he's got like a metal skeleton and he can't die and he's pretty badass, but I don't know, he's he's a big wuss on planes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they kill everyone there except for the main guy, and uh, Stryker walks in and he grabs this giant shiny metal rock uh, of unobtainium, I think is what it was called. Uh, <laughs> no, that's the other movie. That's Avatar. Oh, Avatar. Right, right. No, yeah, of course. My bad. Why, why would I not know that? <laughs> uh, and he, he demands to know where it was that the man found it, and he says it was at a, a village, uh, you know, off in the, the jungle. So they head off to this village in the jungle. I think we're going to get an angry email from James Cameron now that I think about it. <laughs> Just saying his name, you've invoked his wrath. Yes. Where we then see them basically, like, they have, like, they have this whole big scene where they break into this facility and they've killed everybody there just to get this rock and find out where it is. He's like, oh, it was, it was in this village. Great. Then we smash cut to them in a village where the entire village is in the middle of a square on their knees. And he's just, like, yelling at one dude. We, it doesn't even tell us, like, is he the head of the village? Is he, you know, who is this guy? But he has... Apparently, this is great. We learn that Wade Wilson speaks whatever the hell the language is that oh, they speak in this right. country. How did he know that? Because he has he has Wade yelling at this man in his his native tongue <laughs> that if you don't tell us where you found this rock, we are going to kill everybody in this village. And we are then led to finally find out that apparently adamantium comes from a meteorite that fell from the sky came from space. Nice. <laughs> and. Because they have discovered that this came from a meteorite and therefore they cannot find, you know, like a mine full of it or anything like that. They then just start murdering everybody in the village all willy nilly, except for Logan yep. slash James slash Wolverine. He's got I think he legitimately has four names in this whole movie. <laughs> uh, who decides we didn't sign up for this and just storms off. And Stryker tells him, you can't just walk out on us, Logan! <laughs> and he proceeds to walk out on them. Yep. And six years later, has still walked out on Another them. Another time jump. So now, uh, after this, we have legitimately jumped all the way into the late 70s, early 80s, and we started in 1845. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it's ten minutes into the movie. <laughs> Nice. So Logan is now living in Canada, working as a logger, and uh, living in... Oh, boy, that's my phone going off. We'll get that. It Booty call! Important. Oh, snap! Oh, 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 oh. Might be no important. That. Tap that no. ginger ass. <laughs> what? So, wait, so me? What? what? I don't know. I don't, he's, he's, Imran's talking to the person that would have been on the other line of your phone call. You take however you want to... Thank yeah. you for clearing that up. <laughs> or he is... Take it. Enunciating his thoughts. Yeah, take it however you want to like it. I'll leave it up to you. Uh, it's ambiguous. You want to continue? Because this, because I'm yes. sure, um, I'm sure you're slightly disturbed right now. Yeah, a little bit. Got to, got to just power through. Tap that ginger ass. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, so Logan. <laughs> Not, I gotta say it. Now I've got the visual of like Matt Dauhauer's ass and just like red whiskers coming out of it. <laughs> oh, all of this is staying in. This is yeah. fantastic. Oh, yes. Oh, it has to. <laughs> oh, no. Edit this in post. Yes. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so six years later, <laughs> Logan has still walked out on them and is now working as a logger in Canada, uh, where he lives in the most ridiculous house I've ever seen with his girlfriend, who we just met right now. 
Her name is Kayla Silverfox, and she is apparently some form of Native American. What form, you ask? Mm. A hot girl form. She's quite beautiful in this movie. She she plays a hot white Native American. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, And then we see that uh, Charlie from Lost, Bolt, right, or Bradley, whatever the hell they call him, is now working at a fairground uh, somewhere in, like, the heartland of America. He's a carny. He is a carny, and he runs a a uh, booth that is a straight-up scam <laughs> where he has a light bulb, and he says that, you know, for, I guess, a dollar or five dollars, you get three tries to turn the light bulb off. So a couple walks by, and the girl's like, oh, okay, I, I could do that. So she flips the switch, and it doesn't turn off, and she's like, oh, I get it. It's a trick, and she unplugs it, and it doesn't turn off. So then the boyfriend, being all smug, unscrews it from the thing, and then at which point it gets even more powerful and explodes in his hand, because Bradley's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He lives in a trailer on the grounds of the fairground, uh, and he apparently runs the entire fair, because uh, when Victor shows up and murders him, every single light on that fairground turns off. Oh, he was, I didn't catch that. He was running, he was the generator of the fair. (laughs) He, like, he gets murdered and you're supposed to be like scared of Victor and like feel sympathy for this character. But like this character has just been built up as the weirdest dick ever. Like, he, yeah, he's he's conning people like Dar said. He's also like living in a trailer where there's like just light bulbs everywhere. Like he's a fucking hoarder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's like it's light bulbs, but it's also like little like wind up toys and dolls and shit. Yeah. So it's like he is just creepy. He's a, as fuck. Yeah, he's a yeah. creepy pervert. Like that's all you know about him. And uh, why should we care that you just killed him? Right. So Victor kills him, and nobody feels bad about nope. it. <laughs> and we go back to Canada, where Stryker and Zero show up at uh, Logan's nondescript logging job. Yeah, they just find him out of the blue, don't they? And then, like he starts calling himself Logan at this point because he's legitimately like on the run from them because he, you know, went AWOL. Yeah. Doesn't matter. They just find him. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Bad guys. Uh, Zero and... <laughs> And Logan have their little back and forth where they're basically calling each other a pussy. Uh, And Stryker says, somebody's killing our old team and you need to come in so we can all work together to find out who it is. And Logan very frankly tells him to fuck off (laughs) and leaves. Uh, Later that night, as he is hanging out with his girlfriend, Kayla, white Indian, (laughs) she tells him. An amazing story. Oh, yeah. A wonderful fable that her people used to tell. Who are her people? You'll never know. No, they don't. <laughs> White people. Yeah. The, the people who wrote this movie. <laughs> a story about how the moon used to have a lover. I don't think I wrote down what the actual name for the... the, the uh, it, was like, it was Kuka. Hold on. It was like Kuka. Well, no, he calls it Cuckoo Kachu because he's being funny and, and Hugh Jackman and oh Swoon. Whatever. So the moon has a lover, and it was like a god that came to Earth and tried to collect flowers, but then he was tricked by a trickster god and was abandoned on Earth and could never see the moon again. So that's why he howls at the moon every night. And his the, the name that he is given is translated into English as Wolverine. <laughs> what this proves okay. <laughs> is that the guys who wrote this movie don't know the difference between a Wolverine 
and a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That and is a good point. That a Wolverine is a wolf, and that is why Logan is cool. Also, I doubt they've ever read a comic book before. <laughs> but for anyone who doesn't know, and I'm sure you do know because you are not this stupid, a Wolverine is not a wolf. It is actually part of the Weasel family. Ah. Not even the same family. Yeah. Uh, and they can tend to gr- they could grow to be pretty big. Uh, there's some like up in Canada, they, they sometimes refer to them as like the striped bear or the skunk bear because they could grow to be the size of like, not, I wouldn't say dog size, but like, you know, a fairly big like cat, like a puma or something. Mm-hmm. But still, that's not a wolf. Wolverines don't howl. <laughs> and none of what you're telling me makes any sense right no. now. <laughs> <laughs> so the next scene is then Logan is working at his logging job again. And while he's in the middle of working, he catches a whiff of something because as we all know, because they have obviously established it in this movie and don't just assume that you've seen the other movies. Wolverine has heightened senses. Heightened like an smell. Animal. Yeah. So he could smell things from far Let the away. animal out. James. Well, he smelled. Remember in the before when they were interrogating the guy in Africa, he like smells him. He goes, he's telling the truth. Like he oh, could yeah, smell truth. Apparently he's, <laughs> he's a, a walking lie detector because while, while Daredevil can hear your heartbeat, yeah. Wolverine can just smell if you're lying. He smells truths. Yeah. You're putting out lying chemicals. <laughs> so... He smells something, and we realize what it is, is he smells blood, and he finds the severed head of a wolverine in the woods left there for him. Now, how Okay. <laughs> how Victor, who left, obviously was the one to leave him this severed wolverine head, knew about the story that Kayla had told him last night, yeah. leads to either two possibilities. One, the writers didn't think of this. <laughs> or two... He was in the house the whole time, just <laughs> listening. <laughs> just like, yeah, tell him a story about that thing, like that that skunk bear or whatever. Oh, that, yeah. That's that animal I'm going to oh, kill. I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> so he realizes this is bad news, and it means I should get out of here. So he goes running down the side of a mountain, just yelling his girlfriend's name, because lo and behold, she's driving along and finds Victor in the middle of the road. He comes walking up to her car, scratching his uh, retractable nails into the hood in what has to be some of the worst fucking CG I've seen in a long time. Uh, Finally, he gets down onto the the road where he finds the car and sees it's all scratched up and then sees about 100 feet away in the woods because I guess she ran, but she really didn't. Because I'm pretty sure the doors in the car were closed. Yeah. So she got out while he was scratching into her hood, closed the door, and then ran. (laughs) He finds Kayla in the middle of the woods, all bloody and dying, and we get our second screaming of no no to the sky. Oh, it's so good when Jackman does it. I remember when that happened in the theater as I watched it opening night at midnight. Yeah. My theater, like, I was with a group of friends, and they just are all cracking up. <laughs> like, doing did this we again. just say this again with this? Did we just well, say it, this? It's never good when you get someone screaming into the sky. like that. And, and the shot is, like, them, like, 
zooming out yep. overhead over of the him treetops. Doing, yeah, yeah, it's just so bad. Yeah, it's it legitimately it's just missing like that swell of like a uh, violin music. So cheesy. Oh There's my no god. There's no rain either. Yeah. That's 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 another you know they they fucked that up. <laughs> You know what's funny? As I'm going back and I'm looking at Wikipedia, it says that apparently the name of the groundskeeper, who was his real father, was Thomas Logan. They never once say that in the movie. No. <laughs> it was oh, his just dad's name. Dude. Yeah, we never find out his dad's Thomas name. Thomas Logan? Oh, my God. Thomas Logan. Why do you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I can only assume that uh, Logan then hunts down Victor by smell. Because we then get a scene where Victor is sitting in the local bar where all of the all of the bar stools are severed tree stumps and everything is made of wood because it's a logging town. <laughs> and he is basically just like giving the bartender shit because he's, you know, the bad guy. But it does give me one of my I think my favorite moments from this movie is when uh Logan comes rolling up like he's fucking uh Achilles in in uh, Troy, where he's just shouting Victor's name outside the bar. Oh yeah, and then the doors <laughs> bust open. Yeah. Just just you're like Victor, and then Victor looks at the bartender and goes, "You got insurance on this place?" <laughs> and he just shakes his head. No, it was mm, bummer. It's a fantastic <laughs> script they got going already. See it, the, yeah, thing the, is, the, the it, range in tone. It makes me yeah. think that had to have been Leave Schreiber. Yeah, like, why are you putting a joke in that moment? Like, what is the point? What are you doing? I think because what it does is it proves that that like you know Victor doesn't see Logan as a threat. But like, this this is the problem: is the movie can't decide yeah. is it serious? Yeah, is it funny? Is it you know? And then we haven't even gotten to the point where it gets into the over the top superhero stuff again, right? But, like, so he shows up, they get into a fight where they're throwing each other around the bar and through the doors and into a pile of logs and in front of a logging truck. And then Victor leaves. And we get to have our, you know, 15th time in this movie series where they wind up having Wolverine brought to, like, the ER or something. Because, like, oh, my God, this guy was in a terrible fight. He got hit by a car. And I think it... Oh yeah, they just get up. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> I thought you said he was dying, and then of course he pops up, and he's like, "Where's Victor?" <laughs> and he meets up with Stryker, and I I also love the moment as he is threatening Stryker in the hospital because he legitimately shoves him against a wall, threatens him. Stryker responds. He pulls him off of that wall, spins him around in the hallway into another wall. <laughs> Threatens him again. Oh, really? I didn't even catch yeah. that. Jesus. That's- it, was, it was like, okay, we need you to slam him into walls and threaten him, but we only have this hallway to work in. <laughs> what do I do? Uh, just slam him on the other side. It's fine. And of course, the thing that I love is that Wolverine, like to prove how stupid they make Wolverine in this movie, in the course of this conversation, Stryker goes from claiming he didn't know Victor was the one attacking the team right to then saying that he knew it was Victor and that's why they needed Logan like in the same paragraph like it is yeah. it is legitimately like it's two sentences away from each other Logan is so fucking gullible in this movie the whole time like you're just yelling at him like what are you doing you idiot so Stryker tells Logan, oh, well, we can we could turn you into a weapon so you could finally get your revenge on Victor, but you have to let me experiment on you. And he 
of course, Logan's like, oh, anger, murder, sure, experiment on me. <laughs> Why not? Right. But if it, this doesn't work uh, out, I'm coming for you. Because <laughs> I guess Stryker has the world heavyweight title at that time. Yeah, I mean, like Imran said, Logan at this point is just so fucking gullible. Yeah, why like, th- everything in this movie, uh, the audience is being pointed to that Stryker just sucks. He's just a horrible human. Yet the character you're supposed to root for is like, yeah. Sure. I believe him. I'll do yeah. this. Yeah, I'll let's, do this let's thing. Do this. Yeah. So far, everything about you has proved that I shouldn't trust you. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and trust you. Yeah. But if this bites me in the ass, then next time, I'm going to blame you for it. <laughs> so then we get to our wonderful Weapon X moment uh, that has been uh, alluded to in so many flashback scenes in the other X-Men films. Uh, and is yet again carried out differently than it was in all of the flashbacks from the X-Men films. Yep. Where they basically, oh, so here's one of my favorite bits. He is lying on the table ready to go into the tank for them to do the the Weapon X uh, upgrade on him with the adamantium. And he, and uh, Stryker goes to give Logan his dog tags that say Logan on them. And he says, I want new ones. He goes, what do you want them to say? He says, Wolverine. <laughs> so then they have the, they show it like the little CG thing of him, like stamping new dog tags and say Wolverine. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. And then, and then they show up on his chest yeah. and he's on the table ready to go in to get, to so, get the Weapon X done to him, it, which means motherfucker made everyone stand around and wait everyone's like, Take while five. they printed him new dog tags so he could wear them yes. while this was happening. It smashes cuts to the machine, and I'm like, I, weren't they waiting around drinking coffee this whole time? What is going on? But I also love that when he asks him, like, you know, well, what do you want the new ones to say? He stops, and they, they have a moment where, it, like, they play the audio of the girlfriend saying, like, his name was the Wolverine yeah. all over again. And then, like, flashes of her and everything. And I'm like, oh, so it's going to be Wolverine. <laughs> yep, okay, so it's Wolverine. Then they start up the process for doing the actual Weapon X. And it's the whole thing with him underwater. And they're drilling into him. And they're injecting him with the molten, you know, adamantium. And he's freaking out. And one of the techs had earlier told him, like, remember while you're, do- while you're doing this? It might help you get through it. So then we start getting flashback cuts to the first 30 minutes of the movie we're already watching. <laughs> because this is supposed to be him, like, thinking about the reason why he's doing this. We all know. We don't need you to yeah, show it we to just us. saw it. I did like how they, the, the visuals of, like, seeing in the x-ray, the, the admantium go over him. I thought, like, when the needle goes in his nose, it's kind of disturbing. I was like, ah, oh, my God. They're fucking just putting this thing in him. I thought that was that was neat to watch because you kind of always wanted to see that how this happened. Yes. And so it's a great success. The adamantium has bonded to his skeleton and they are still leaving him underwater for some with needles inside. I was like, pull the needles out. It's full full of needles and drills. Yeah. At which point. Stryker randomly (laughs) states, "Okay, it was a success. That's great. Uh, wipe his memory. We're done here. Yeah. <laughs> wipe his memory? <laughs> like, how? <laughs> what do you expect them to do here that is going to do this for you? But of course, Wolverine hears this because he's got super mutant hearing. 
So being underwater in another room that is separated yeah. by like Gold players of glass. glass. Yeah. He hears wipe his memory. <laughs> and immediately his first reaction is, Oh, I'm gonna freak the fuck out. So we get the the classic scene that they have from the movie where he is popping out of the tank. Yeah. Spreading Shredded. his arms, screaming, soaking wet, needles, the claws, yeah. and then jumps out of it. You see a little bit of his butt because why wouldn't you? <laughs> and yes, I was looking. <laughs> Come on, with someone like Hugh Jackman, you check it's that PG thirteen rating. <laughs> you you check. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see how well he does it. Like day, man. <laughs> and he goes running through this place, uh, presumably hurting no one. And then it gets, like, the next bit is, like, he just pops out of it, he runs away, and then the next shot is CGI claws cutting through a CGI door yeah. in the shape of an X. Yeah, of course. Of course. And then him busting out of the wall and jumping off of a fucking, uh, He jumps, uh, yeah, he jumps into the water, doesn't he? That's right. So then, after he has escaped, Ed Stryker has his, uh-oh, moment. <laughs> We then, we then cut to a nice little Canadian farm owned by Travis and Heather Hudson. Mr. Hudson is out working on the farm when he notices a six-foot-two-tall, buff-naked man hurtling his fence and running off into his barn. <laughs> uh, now, the reason that I, I took 45 minutes to find out what the <laughs> names of these characters were is because Travis and Heather Hudson were the names of the husband and wife that led Alpha Flight oh, uh, in the Marvel comics. In Canada. Which was the team that, that uh, Wolverine was on before he joined the X-Men. That's well, right. Nice little uh, Easter egg. Huh? Oh, I so like it was that. a nice, nice little Easter egg for characters that they never actually say the name of. <laughs> so you can't possibly catch it as an Easter egg. Nope. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so uh, you know, we'll just we'll just go with old man farmer goes uh, wandering into his barn to go check on uh, Wolverine, who is hiding in the the horse stable in the Terminator just came back in time pose. Yeah, he's in that crouch time bubble, like that weird crouch where his fists are on the ground yeah. and one leg is bent so you can't see his dick. Yeah, and basically he tell you know the, the farmer tells him like, well, uh, here's some clothes. Put them on and then come inside and uh, we'll we'll eat dinner because we're old and Canadian and really nice. And you know right away these people are so dead. Just like in Logan when he ran across the the black family farm farmers. Like so he, same thing. He goes in. He goes into their bathroom and decides to check out his new super cool adamantium claws. Oh, the worst CGI. Yes. Which are CGI to the point where my brother while watching this described them as who framed Roger Rabbit back? Oh my God, they were so bad! Like you couldn't help but stare at them. Uh, that you're like, what is wrong with this? Yeah, when he when he starts like sharpening them against yeah. each other, it's yeah. like what? And yeah, it's just hell? like shooting sparks off of them. Yeah. What was even worse is the fact that like he goes and he moves his hand, and there's like just a split second delay between his hand and the claws. Oh moving. shit! Yeah, they're a little floaty, and they're just like not rendered. They're like it just I, looks I don't like know cardboard. Why this movie had the worst claws ever when they've done three X-Men movies prior that never had this problem. Because for some reason, they were adamant on doing CGI claws. Always. Not practical, because I think they use practical combinations yeah, in the Brian Singer yeah. movies. Yep. And, like, I, there, I think there are moments where he uses practical claws in this. 
like the whole the whole bit later on when he's running down the 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 whole hallway of cells yeah, and the weapon bust, X, yeah he's cutting them he's open like you know cutting them all open yeah. it had real claws for that oh but like every other time they were just like oh, i don't know just cg them in whatever <laughs> it looks so bad all right so not and then of course we get to have a, a spider-man moment yes. where it's because he doesn't know the power of his, his own new claws goofy. He cuts the sink in half yeah they're like goofy all of a sudden it's goofy now haha <laughs> so then he goes and he has dinner with the the nice you know old couple and they give him a jacket that their son used to own because their son's dead and now he's their son i guess yeah. you know that's how it works right <laughs> now you are our son oh okay uh so he gets the the iconic wolverine jacket from the first x-men movie and this is supposed to be a big moment so they're giving him gifts that we'll see later on, and they're being real nice to him, and he's commented on how much he likes their motorcycles. Yeah. So as we all know, these people are so dead. They're so dead. So the next morning, they go in to go bring him breakfast in bed in the barn that they made him sleep in. <laughs> they don't even let him in the house. He's an animal. <laughs> <laughs> let out the animal. <laughs> so as, and as they're talking, and they're about to give him breakfast, they both get shot to death from a sniper <laughs> rifle. It's Agent Zero, and it's Agent Zero yeah. on a CGI hill. Oh my god! Miles away. It looks, it's so corny when it zooms in over the mountains and the the hills. Oh, and so here's the thing that I love about this is now he is obviously there on uh, Striker's command to kill Wolverine, and I'm guessing it's supposed to be that he also brought like the Canadian military with him? Or are yeah, they supposed really to be part of, like, Weapon X? I thought it was Weapon X, just... The helicopter people, yeah. As he's as he's sitting there and he talks into his radio and he claims that Logan just killed these two nice farmers. Oh. So we gotta take him down. Oh, I thought it was Strikers people. As I'm people. sitting there, I'm like, what's the point of lying if, like, everybody's in on the fact that they want him dead because this was a fuck-up? Yeah, that also did not make any sense. So, like, the only thing I could imagine was, I guess, that the military that's there with him isn't in on Weapon X, I think you're giving, so it's like he's he's framing him so that they'll kill him. I think yeah, you're giving those right. script writers a little bit too much credit there. I definitely am, <laughs> for this fact. Yeah. They just spent a shit ton of money and time making him indestructible. Yeah. And then and they send they the guy him. whose specialty is shooting bullets yeah. to go kill him. No, even in the beginning, Stryker's like, oh, we got to kill Victor. And then, oh, no, now we got to kill Logan. No, now we got to get Logan to kill Victor. Oh, no, wait, kill Logan, even though we just made him. Like, what? what is going on here? Well, like, you know for a fact, what's going to kill him? Shooting him in the head. Yeah. What are you going to shoot him in the head with? Oh, bullets that can't go through his skull? Good job. <laughs> so then they decide that what they need to do is they need to fire an RPG at this barn. And what was most likely the most expensive shot oh because my God, they used I remember this. 13 cameras right. to film it, they blow up the barn that he's in. Yeah. But, but don't worry. Yeah, he's good. He gets out on the motorcycle. <laughs> oh, what a what a money shot that is flying out of the explosion. Flying out as there's explosion behind him. <laughs> uh, not only just flying out, flying out in a wheelie yeah. Yeah. with the explosion behind him. <laughs> coolest guy ever at which so point cool. he is then getting into a car chase where he is being chased after by um jeeps yeah that were not available to be used uh by that point <laughs> earlier <laughs> um, no at he, that time in that time era in that time period oh yeah i didn't even think jeeps about weren't that. invented then 
Well, I was, I was like, jeeps were around, but they were not. They were not on like American soil. Like yeah. you weren't just gonna have you know the Canadian military suddenly rolling up in jeeps to take him down. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that. Time. Who cares? Zero decides. <laughs> Zero jumps in on the helicopter that tried to blow up the the uh, the barn by leaping a hundred and fifty feet up and forward. Yeah, he's a mutant. <laughs> Sure. Because that's that's his thing, yeah. I guess. You know, that's how he's going to make a difference. <laughs> uh, so he gets chased after by jeeps that he flips over. He gets chased after by the helicopter that fires a rocket at him, and he jumps off of his motorcycle while the rocket explodes, rides the shockwave <laughs> of the rocket up at the helicopter, and then proceeds to adamantium claw high-five the rotor of the helicopter. So that it then plummets to Earth. And, exp- and well, no, it doesn't explode yet. No, it tumbles. Throws it, him it, off. It throws all around. Yeah. He gets up. He walks over. We see that Zero is almost dead, but not entirely dead. He steals the radio from Zero in order to give his whole, I'm coming for you, Striker. <laughs> so Rambo. <laughs> and then uses his claws to strike a spark on the ground and light the gasoline from the helicopter on fire just, so that yeah. it'll blow up the helicopter as he slowly yeah. walks away. <laughs> this happened to be a trail of gasoline right by his feet there. That's convenient. In one scene, he gets three moving away from explosion shots. Oh, shit. That's right. I didn't even realize that. They, this movie likes repetition. <laughs> So now, what is a man to do when, you know, the people who just made him an unkillable weapon are trying to unkill him? Uh, he decides to seek out the other people from this uh, this old Team X, or whatever the hell it was called, to find out what's going on with Stryker, and, and where can I find him? Because he, I, I was just where he was, but now I guess I don't remember how to get back there. <laughs> and I just lost my uh, my scent trail on this fucker. Yeah, I can't smell him anymore for some reason. And he also wants to find Victor to find out what's going on with Victor, because that's important. For some reason, yeah. So he, he decides to track down John Wraith, who is in Vegas as a boxing promoter, because when you are a person who can disappear and reappear wherever you want, the best thing to do is be a boxing promoter. <laughs> <laughs> and he is... Promoting his new boxer, which is Fred Dukes. Oh boy! Oh, also known a. as the Blob. the The origin of this concept of of their version of the Blob is so baffling. Yeah. So, anyone who doesn't know the comics, the Blob's mutant power is that he has the ability to change the density of like his molecules. Uh, so he can make it that if he wants, he can make it so you can't possibly move him from where he's standing ever because it like changes his center of gravity and stuff like that. But he's always been like a big fat guy. Yes. Always. Yes. In this, when we first meet him, he's a muscle bound dude. Yes. Who was part of Team X. And his ability was the whole, you know, like energy absorption through his molecules or whatever, which was broadcast by him punching the tank right in the barrel so that when the explosion went off, it would just blow up inside the tank because it couldn't get past him. Yeah. 
Um, Fred Dukes has now apparently put on about 350 pounds. He let himself go a little bit. Oh, yeah. nothing but fat. Yeah, he let himself go a little bit. No, horrible, um, horrible He was just so suit. devastated that he couldn't are, ride around with the, the X-Crew or whatever the fuck We are led to believe that this just happened for no reason. <laughs> he just put on fat. Yes. Um, and now, now Wraith is trying to build him into a boxer so he can get him back into shape. <laughs> I like that they like and gave him like the costume like with the with the belly hanging out and yep, the sleeveless yep. cut off. And, they, they basically and, were like, you know what? I kind of like the look of Fat Bastard from Austin <laughs> it's Powers. It's totally Fat Bastard. Exactly. Oh, oh my god! It's they perfect. give him they give him the fat makeup with the double chin. Uh, yeah, they put him in the in the uh, the the sleeveless t shirt with the the like quadruple XL boxing shorts. It is so ridiculous and horrible And I love looking. that when they introduce him, he is holding onto a 7-Eleven Big Gulp <laughs> with the boxing glove. Yes. Just drinking it. <laughs> now, what I love is that Wraith says, oh, well, you know, I don't know anything about where, uh, uh, you know, um, God, I feel so bad that immediately as I'm doing Will I Am, I just go into like a stereotypical black <laughs> See, man, I know nothing about Victor Creed. I don't know what no, you're talking man, about. I don't even know where he oh, God, fuck me. I am I am garbage. What a dick. What <laughs> a racist son of a bitch. You piece of shit. This is your downfall, Del Howard. Uh, uh. Uh, <laughs> he says that he doesn't know where Victor might be or where Stryker might be, but Fred Dukes might. Uh, and so they go to meet Dukes, and he is at just standing in the boxing. Yeah, he's not really like, boxing. He's just hanging there. There's nobody else around. Like, like his promoter doesn't even. Like, he's not even getting into a fight. There's uh, no match. There's sparring. no sparring. Yeah. He's just standing in a boxing <laughs> drinking ring, a drinking gulp. a Slurpee. <laughs> and so he goes to talk to him. Uh, and apparently, in the, the stupidest exchange that this movie has had so far, <laughs> Logan refers to him as Bub. <laughs> and Dukes thinks he calls him Blob. Yes, he gets very because upset. those words are so easily mixed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then belly bumps Logan across the damn room. <laughs> so, Ugh. in what what has to be the greatest logic jump I've ever heard, uh, Wraith tells Logan, "Why don't you get in there? You know, throw on the gloves, let him beat you up a little bit. Maybe then trust. he'll like you enough yeah. to tell you what he knows." <laughs> Sounds like a great plan there, Wraith. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let him kick your ass, and then he'll tell you. So then they, they have a whole boxing match where he's dancing around and, you know, trying to hit Blob, and it's not doing anything. And then Blob tries to headbutt him, but, oh, man, he's got a metal skull now, so that, that doesn't work. Rings his own bell. him in the face yeah. and drops him. Yeah. Uh, and then we find out that, you know, Dukes doesn't know where they might be because they've got some sort of secret island hideout that they they run around on. And the only person who ever escaped from that island prison was a guy named Gambit that's down in New Orleans. Remy LeBeau. Oh, my God. <clears throat> so this scene, like when I rewatched this earlier this week, this was one of the scenes where I was like, is this a special edition? Was this always in this movie? I have no recollection of this scene at all. Like, I didn't remember the scene. The, the, the Gambit stuff? No, the blob. This whole blob oh, scene. Yeah, yeah. I did not remember any of this. I was like, no, what I the hell remember. is this? I remembered him meeting with Blob. I forgot everything else yes. about it. No, funny enough, it's when we get to the Gambit scene, the way it played out, I remembered being completely different when I first saw it. <laughs> I remembered, like, things happening in a different order. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, so... They decide, all right, you know, Spectre's like, you know, I'm going to go with you, Logan. I need to help you out because whatever. 
So he goes with Logan, and they ride matching motorcycles. <laughs> so cute. From Las Vegas. To New Orleans. All the way down to New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. That is a fucking trek. <laughs> and they just do it, like, in a day. They have no saddlebags, nothing to bring with them. Like, they're just like, yeah, man, we're just going to day trip it. <laughs> so they go down, and they go down to, to New Orleans, where they, of course, you know, are heading down, I don't know, Bourbon Street. Because I think that's the only street that's in New Orleans, <laughs> according to movies and TV. And they come across a gab- uh, gambling establishment where there is a young man with a pimp cane and a silly hat and long hair sitting at a table playing poker. And he is obviously winning and everyone is not happy about it. So who else could that be but Gambit? So Logan goes to go talk to him and Wraith goes to go watch the back in case he gets flighty. And he runs off. So while Logan is <laughs> while Logan is busy talking to Gambit, we find out that Victor's in New Orleans. Because why the hell wouldn't he be? Of course he is. Because I'm fairly certain the whole point of this movie is that Victor is legitimately stalking Logan <laughs> while Logan's trying to, to find, find Victor. <laughs> so convenient. So he shows up in the back in in the back alley, and he taunts Spectre for a little bit before he, uh, you know, uh, grabs him by the spine. <laughs> When he's uh, phasing, Ed rips it out. But it's PG-13, so we can only just assume that he does this. By the terrible noises and him giving an awful one-liner of, What do you know, John? You really do have a spine. I can feel it. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) So Will I Am is dead. Uh, Meanwhile, Logan is trying to find out about the island from Gambit, but once he mentions the island and that he wants to go to it, Gambit says he would never go back there and no one should ever want to go back there. And then he levitates a whole bunch of playing cards and then telekinetically throws them at Logan, the, like, blowing him through a wall. This was like, a, that was kind of cool because, again, Gambit cards, he's charging them up, but we've never seen this before. They're giving us Gambit, but look, it's Taylor Kitchen. There's no accent. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no accent. Yeah, no accent at all. No, his accent is either, it's a weird mix of very weak Creole it's, yeah. and Texas. I was paying attention for the accent. It was very weak. Like, now, he wasn't doing anything. I think that was the problem, was that at this point, Taylor Kitsch was mostly known for Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I don't know if he could pull off that accent. Which took place in Texas. Ah. So he already was like, all right, well, it's it's Southern, right? Yeah, I already know how to do a Southern accent. <laughs> and they're like, um, sure. <laughs> He's like, I don't learn another goddamn accent. This will be fine. So uh, he throws Logan through a back wall into the back alley. Logan gets up from being thrown through this wall, looks down the alley, and, oh, look, there's Victor. <laughs> it just pops up. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I guess we're going to go get into a fight with Victor. And Gambit climbs out of the hole in the wall, runs up to Logan, and is like, I don't know who you are or what you want, but I ain't ever going back to that. And then he knocks Gambit out. <laughs> yeah. One hit. Yeah, he's not even looking at him. He's just like, whap. Yeah, they just totally emasculate yeah. Gambit at that right there. Yep. Just like, like it's it, almost to the point where he just like backhands him and Gambit shoots us. <laughs> so then he and Victor get into another fight. He loses again because Victor leaves. Because Victor this leaves. Is, so far, this is all Victor has done throughout this whole movie: yeah. is show up, start a fight, kind of win the fight, leave. Also, the running like a dog doesn't really work for the Liv Schreiber. 
No, that's so bad. <laughs> no, just, yeah. I get the concept, he, but they did not. I get that he's an animal, but you don't need no. to do every goddamn time. No. Like he did it. In, like if anything, it worked okay in in like the World War Two bit of the opening credits, right. because they were like you know dodging bullets and getting into trenches and stuff. But when he's just going at it down an alleyway, yeah, it is awful. It's because silly. it is so obvious wire work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's like floating. It's just yeah. Can I can I point out the next part that you're probably gonna say? Yeah. Go right ahead. So at this point, Taylor Kitsch's character Gambit's got knocked out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they cut to if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. They cut to him on a rooftop. Yes, they do. Just jumping from roof to roof to like do this like with his bow staff or whatever to jump down and like stab the ground so that Wolverine like flies away or something like that to like the shock waves or whatever so it's it's just before victor leaves yes we they're in the middle of their fight and then it cuts to on the top of a roof gambit running at full speed yeah, how along the, fuck the roof did he get up there yeah jumping <laughs> of off of it yeah. helicoptering yeah. with his bow staff and then slamming it into the ground between the two of them causing a shock wave that knocks them both back i remember sitting in the theater like wait he got knocked out on the in the alley yeah, where the fuck did he just why come why did he decide to go up on the roof uh, and uh, how did that happen yes yeah how did he get there <laughs> that's not the first time he's gonna climb like, up the building again this editing yeah now I'll, I'll i'll explain why it is that i thought the the event order went differently after we get through this next moment so then logan gets up and victor's gone and he's all pissed so he decides he's going to take it out on gambit so they then get into a short fight which includes gambit trying to hit him with the pimp cane yep Logan cutting it in half with his claws, yep. and then him taking the pimp cane, one half in each hand, running over to a building, and then stabbing it into it's, solid brick yes. to climb up the it's building. It's so ridiculous. With it, and then getting onto a a, a balcony or a, no, a fire the escape. The fire escape moment. Don't gloss over at this. Point, this is great. At which point, Logan starts cutting <laughs> down the fire escape with his claws by just slashing at oh, the ladder. More bad CGI. More bad CGI, and this is straight-up cartoon physics at play here, because this thing just comes straight down. It's like it's he, ridiculous. He, the claws have to be maybe, what, a foot long off of his arm? Yes, uh, and, and slicing that, yeah. through all the whole and, fire escape. And they're no wider than his hand right. is, because they're coming out between knuckles. But when he slashes, it cuts away, like, 50% it's, of that ladder. And not like, oh, he just cut in the middle and, like, uh, bottom half of it dropped. Yeah. Like, he cut the bottom of it, and, like, it falls away in, like, nine pieces. It's so cartoony and horrible. Wow. So then that falls over because he has apparently cut it so bad it rips out of the building and then picks Gambit up out of the rubble and basically is like, you're going to take me to this island. And he's like, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, the reason that I re- I thought I remembered that scene going differently was because I remembered him helicoptering with the bow staff, doing the big shockwave, and I remembered the stupid moment when he goes climbing up the building yes. with the pimp king. Yes. I thought the pimp cane <laughs> broke away on its own, and I distinctly remember, because it made sense to me this way, that he climbed the building first with the pimp right. cane, then jumped off and did the helicopter thing. Yep. I was wrong, because I was using logic. Well, he's on the ground, then he's on the roof, then he jumps back down, then he climbs back up to the thing, and then he comes back down, all in the same scene. So then we find out that Gambit owns uh, a seaplane named Lady Luck. That he won in a card game. 
Because why wouldn't he? Because that's how Gambit gets everything. <laughs> the one thing I'm so glad about is that this movie gives me finally an excuse to talk about Gambit at length when we're done talking about the movie. Yeah. Yes. So he flies Logan out to the island, which turns out to be Three Mile Island, which I have to look. Was Three Mile Island off the coast of New York? I thought it was. Yeah. Let me let me look it up. Pennsylvania. What? Who's in Pennsylvania? Yeah. How's the island in Pennsylvania? It's off, probably in the middle of a lake yeah. there. Because I remember this was supposed to be Three Mile Island, but I could be wrong. No, I think you were right. They did say yeah. it was Three Mile Island. Yeah, it is. So that means that, this makes, funny this enough, makes no because sense. it's Three Mile Island, yeah. it means this movie is taking place in like 1976, I want to say. Okay. Whenever the meltdown was. Okay. 79 was the meltdown. Okay, okay. So the movie takes place in 1979 because this movie is supposed to be claiming that the meltdown was a cover-up for Weapon X. Anyway. That means that in the course of this movie, we have gone from 1845 to 1979. Yep. <laughs> and this is what 1979 looks like in this movie. It looks like 2009. So Gambit says he is not going to land the plane at the island because he doesn't want to get stuck there. And Logan says that's fine. We get another moment where they kind of laugh about the fact that he doesn't do well in planes. And then he jumps out and he skips like a stone across the water to get to the island. While on the island, he finds uh, Stryker. Now, throughout the movie, we've been getting little bits and pieces coming in with Stryker, where he is obviously working on some sort of new project with Weapon X, uh, building what he is referring to as Weapon 11. Uh, but I didn't mention it because I don't remember when exactly that happens, and it only really matters now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, at which point Wolverine shows up, uh, says that he knows Victor is working for Stryker and he just wants Victor. Uh, and Victor! Stryker's <laughs> again, Stryker starts doing his whole uh, Bond villain speech about how, you know, I made you into a weapon and whatever else. And we find out that his girlfriend, Kayla, uh, white lady, is not dead. She is very much alive, and she was working for Stryker the whole time. Oh, shit. Dun, dun, dun. Not only that, she's also a mutant. And her mutant power is that if she touches you, she can make you do whatever she wants. And how is she not fucking amazingly rich and, like, living right. in, like, in a penthouse somewhere? I don't know. Why isn't she just ruling the universe? Yeah. Why the fuck is she at a nuclear power plant right now? <laughs> it's, what, I, would, I would be the president. Right. I would just be the president. Yeah. Well, they allude to that earlier when she like diffuses that fight. Yeah. And Logan almost gets into a, a a fist fight with with some dude back in the first act of this movie, yeah. and she stops it by touching them both on the shoulder and be like, "Come on, guys, can't we just all get along?" And the guy's like, "All right." And then Logan says something about like, "Oh, you have to teach me how to do that." And she's like, "Oh, it's just a, a woman's intuition yeah, or some yeah. stupid crap." Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we get the whole moment where Logan's heart is broken because the woman he loves was actually uh, tricking him. And then we find, oh, no, she really did love him. You know, she's only doing this because uh, Stryker has her sister, who apparently is Emma Frost, um, because for anyone who didn't know, and obviously, you know, it's pretty easy to guess. No, these two characters were not sisters in the comics. Nope. No, they have yet to actually do a good Emma Frost in their movies. That's upsetting to think. That's about a good that. point. Yeah, she wasn't. Well, she wasn't the the actress that played her in First Class. Not to yeah, um, not to January get this two sidetracked. She, she just sucked. She looked the part. 
She looked the part. She just was. She was not. And into that was it. the problem. It was that was that was all they wanted. Yeah. They were like, I don't know. Get me some hot blonde to put in like a corset. Man, Emma Frost is such a great character too. They gotta use her. Yeah. So Kayla did this whole thing because she does love Logan, but she needed to save her sister. And Logan's all like, "Peace out, lady." <laughs> and so he says he's not going to be, you know, Striker's weapon, and he's not going to play their games anymore. And he leaves. So then Victor shows up. He legitimately drops down from the ceiling. <laughs> Like, that means Victor just hangs out on the He was ceiling. hanging, yeah, because you saw him, he was in the, the rafters. Like, this guy's on the catwalk. Like, yeah, he stalks just, everybody. Just boop, down from the ceiling, like, ah, we don't need him. Get me, give me the adamantium. And Stryker's like, no, we can't do that because you're not tough enough. You wouldn't be able to handle it. He's like, oh, I could handle it. I could handle anything. Because he's that's that's his whole that's his whole motivation in this whole movie. I'm better than it's Logan. Just like, just like you think Logan's cool. Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> that we finally figure out why the hell he's been hunting him this whole time. He just wants to prove to Striker that he's cool enough to get adamantium. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like you think he's Fozzie? I'm like I'm like ten Fonz. <laughs> we also never mentioned the fact that at one point during all of this, uh, Striker sent. Victor to go pick up another mutant that they needed for their project. And it was a teenage Scott Summers, oh, a.k.a. Cycle. That's oh. right. You get more of uh, Liv Shriver running around like a dog. In a, yeah, in a not hallway. only just hallway. running around like a dog, but legitimately uh, walking on walls like a dog <laughs> with the CGI. Yeah. Um, so he goes to go hunt down Scott Summers, who is sitting around in a high school wearing red sunglasses giving us an amazing uh, rose-tinted POV shot to, st- to open up with, uh, getting yelled at for wearing sunglasses in school, and when he refuses to take them off, he gets put in detention because Scott Summers is a rebel. So clearly this is the first day he's been at this school, right? Because uh, why, so. why wouldn't they have asked him to do this the whole from the yeah, beginning of the season? never asked him they to never do never noticed this. the red glasses. Uh, and then when when, Sy- when he gets attacked by Sabretooth, um, he is running through the school while he's in detention. This school is apparently abandoned. Yeah. Like, yes. detention at this high school is, you have to stay in this building alone. <laughs> um, gets tackled in the hallway, his glasses get knocked off, and he cuts the building in half thing. with his eye beams. Yeah, good thing nobody was there. Which makes me wonder, this is going to get so nerdy nitpicky. But I've never understood why it is that, like, in the comics, he has to wear ruby quartz lenses yeah. in order to, to take care of the, the eye beams and everything right. like that. But, like, this is supposed to be him as a teenager before he ever met the X-Men or anything. So, where did he buy ruby quartz sunglasses? How did he Those are just Ray-Bans. Or are they just claiming <laughs> that it's just red-tinted Ray-Bans are enough? <laughs> and how about you just close your eyes? Wouldn't that stop the beams also? So, anyway. Back to where we were at Three Mile Island. Um, Kayla says that she has done her job like she was supposed to. Now she wants her sister back. Uh, Victor's all pissy because he's not getting adamantium, and she wants Victor to try and turn on Stryker. And so she tries to use her super cool mutant ability to get Victor to help her stop Stryker. But it doesn't work on Victor. Because uh, why would it? it? The plot wouldn't let that was, happen. Yeah, they didn't explain why. He just goes, your tricks ain't going to work on me. And, and immediately the moment that happened, I just thought to myself of the moment from Batman and Robin. <laughs> when Poison Ivy tries to use the pheromone dust on Mr. Freeze. And he's like, ah, oh, pheromones would work great. And makes men's blood boil, but it doesn't work on the cold hearted. <laughs> like, at least they gave him a reason. Yes, they don't even explain like, it here. 
Like in this, they're just like, your tricks don't work on me, woman. <laughs> I'm a man. Yeah. I, I can't have women tell me what to do because I'm cool. I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man in the 70s. <laughs> so he, of course, then decides, well, I'm just going to murder this lady. Yeah. So he tries to kill her. And then, of course, he doesn't because then Victor <laughs> comes screaming up from the side. And there's Logan now shirtless. <laughs> He legitimately decided. When did he lose the shirt? He doesn't like he when he was talking before. He had a t-shirt and he had the jacket on. As he left, he thought to himself, "You know what? I'm gonna go back (laughs) because I'm sure Victor's here, and you know I do kind of care about Kayla. You know I'm gonna show how much I care about Kayla. I'm gonna get this jacket off. (laughs) I'm gonna take this shirt off. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there looking real good. This'll work." So he's now in a tank top and jeans with the claws out, and he gets to do another fight with Victor. And they're rolling around and jumping around and slashing and stabbing and blah, 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 blah. And then uh, I honestly don't remember how that fight ends. All I remember is he's stabbing Victor and pulling out his claws, and they're completely clean. And I'm like, uh, boy, what is this? This That's PG-13 I know, again. but then how about you just don't do that? How about so you that, don't that show me that? ends, I'm assuming Victor runs away because he always did. Yes. <laughs> or he knocked him unconscious or some stupid well, th- crap. Th- that's been the Wolverine problem forever, Imran, is yeah. he has these claws, and that's his fucking power. And yet when he stabs people, nothing comes out. This is why Logan was so great. Dude, just the opening scene of Logan, yeah. when he cuts the dude's arm off, I'm like, oh, fucking fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, yes, this is what we've been waiting for. This this is this is an indestructible metal yes. with blades on That's it. That's how it would look. So he and Kayla run off to go save all the mutants that are being held by the Weapon X program. They're all in these neat little cages. And they include such wonderful characters as Emma Frost and Cyclops. I believe Toad was there. Uh, I think Speedball was one of them. It's like a freezy guy. Sure. Yeah. There's, yeah. I, I know there's probably a list somewhere that's like, here are all the X-Men that, or all the mutants that showed up in that scene in X-Men Origins. And you know what? No, it care. doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not. It's not important. No. <laughs> so what is important is that he goes running down the middle aisle of all these cells with his claws out cutting all of the locks off of these cages, sparks shooting everywhere. It's a big iconic moment that I'm pretty sure we're in all was in all the trailers. Yeah. Yep. Um and it looks ridiculous because of the awful posture he has to have <laughs> in order to do this. Yeah, he's got his hands basically at his hips. His yeah, and his like hands but are hip height. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, awkward. Hun- yeah. Like his arms are completely extended. And he has to be running at a crouch. Yeah, he's crouch running. In order to maintain this. Crouch running never looks good. You can't make that look good. I'm sorry. And so he frees all the mutants. And he and Kayla are going to try and lead them out of here. And then they have their wonderful Darth Maul moment. Where they get to a door to leave. And the door opens. And there is Weapon 11. Weapon 11. <sighs> and Weapon 11 is Wade Wilson. He was part of the Deadpool. He was part of the Deadpool that created Weapon 11. We even saw earlier on that they had his mouth sewn entirely shut. Yeah. You just see, like, cuts of his eyes. Now, his his mouth is not just sewn shut. It is fused over with skin. Yeah. Like, skin graft shut. And he has, he's completely bald. His eyes, uh, like, his eyelids are missing. And it's just, like, scarred face. Logan, of course, has to make the quip of, well, I guess he finally found a way to shut you up, huh, Wade? <laughs> Jesus, so bad. Not the time. Yeah. Not the time for no. that. 
Uh, at which point he then extends his claws. And Wade Wilson extends the katana blade <laughs> that he now has in his forearm. He's suddenly become Baraka from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but and we realize, oh, God, we've come to this point. Oh, boy. Like, the claws are so long. And where do they go when he retracts them? That's my only question. Why don't they rip through his skin at the elbow? Oh, we also forgot that at one point, um, one of the generals of the military tried to shut Weapon X down because, you know, um, well, Stryker's insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he murdered him. Yep. He, Stryker murdered that man with one of the katana blades. Now, back to our wonderful fight scene. So, uh, Logan tells Kayla to get the kids out and, uh, he'll take care of this. And so they get into a fight scene, which shows off just how amazing, amazing of a fucking uh, stuntman Scott Atkins is. Oh, is that who it was? Yep. He, it was Scott Atkins that did all of the stunt stuff for Deadpool, because Ryan Reynolds was already gone and off and doing other movies at this point. It's like, you sold my mouth shut. Fuck you guys. I'm done. Like they had, I think they had him for like the two or three hero shots where you could tell it was Ryan Reynolds' yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, you can see the physicality of his body change. Ah, okay. So it's like when it's Ryan Reynolds, he was kind of lanky and had some lean muscle. And then when it's Scott Atkins, he's, he's fucking ripped. Yeah, he's jacked. I noticed that. Yeah. So they get into their whole fight scene and they're fighting uh, all throughout the building. And we are slowly learning more and more of different uh, mutant powers that, that Wade has. So he has his uh, blade arms. He has the healing factor. And then the this fight pours outside and then up the side of a goddamn re- uh, a nuclear reactor. Yeah, the best. So now Wolverine is fighting Deadpool on the top of a nuclear oh reactor. Oh my god. And he almost falls in when we realize that now uh, Deadpool also has Wraith's ability to just jump around and do the bamf thing. Which I don't know how they got because they killed Wraith and he was never there to begin with with them. <laughs> he wasn't one of the kids that they took all the DNA from. That's a good point. So, as Wolverine is about to fall into the reactor, he is suddenly caught by Victor. Of course! Where the fuck did Victor come from? And who then picks him up and puts him back on Victor's top of like the reactor. Victor's like the best deuce ex machina. Oh my god, every time... And tells him, don't nobody kill you but me. Oh, yeah. Fantastic line. That's fucking the script. greatest tough guy bullshit. Jesus. And the worst, like, CGI sky I've ever seen in a movie. So then they're both fighting him, uh, and he, he starts bamfing around. So they have the brilliant idea of, go back to back! <laughs> As which they alluded to in the beginning of the movie. Oh, that, that, that yes. was their thing. We go because back that to was back. Their, yeah, when they were, when they were fighting the, like, the, all the Nazis or whatever, they're like, Yo, oh, go get my back. Yeah. And then they, they go back to back and they fight everybody. Um, or it was Vietnam. It was one of those. War, same shit. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he starts jumping around, and he's got the sword arms, and he's got the healing factor, and then he shows up on the other side of the reactor, and as Victor is dog running across the reactor <laughs> to try and jump him, he reveals that he also now has Cyclops's concussive force eyes. Yep, he's got the laser eyes. <laughs> which his... 
his skin around his eyes turns black before he uses. They turn into the to make it yes. look like the mask that he would have worn. So stupid and makes no sense. Like why? Why is it doing that? It's and it's not even a good look, and it looks more like a jester face than fucking Deadpool. I, I love I love Imran's hangups. It's not plot. It's not structure. It's how the hell is that biologically possible? <laughs> Where do his claws go? Uh, uh, uh. Why do his eyes turn black? Yes. <laughs> Please explain these things somewhere. <laughs> so meanwhile, while they're in the middle of the fight, um, the the mutant teenagers are all trying to get out, but they don't know where they are or what they're doing. Kayla decides to make it Emma Frost's problem to uh, get them out as she's going to go try and find uh, Logan. They get into a fight where Emma has to turn into stone or into the diamond form yeah. to block all the bullets. And then they do the exact same thing they would do years later in uh, X-Men Apocalypse, where somebody holds Cyclops by the head and makes him open his eyes to use his uh, blast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just so that they can aim it for him. So they kill a bunch of military guys. They're all now murderers. And then they leave. And Scott is now the one who is directing them on where to go because a familiar voice is in his head giving him directions. Oh, left, Scott. Back to Logan and this fucking stupid-ass fight scene. (laughs) They're fighting, and then it gets to a point where they finally uh, realize that the best way to do this is they do exactly what they did to Wraith, and they just assume where he's going to pop up, and Logan stabs him and cuts his head off. And then they kick Deadpool's severed head down into the reactor, which is spiraling with the eye lasers going, cutting the reactor into pieces. And as it's collapsing, they jump off of it. Yeah. They ride it down. And they land in the rubble, and they're fine. Of course they're fine. <laughs> like, not even, not even like, oh, God, I have to heal from this. Just like, I'm good. Haven't you ever jumped off a reactor before? It's not that part. That happens. That's what happens. No, I had, I had overprotective tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> they spend a lot of time on top of this reactor while it's collapsing, too. I'm like, wow, this is taking its sweet time Learn to Learn a fall. little parkour, and you're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so after the, the reactor collapses... Uh, Victor's gone again. <laughs> like, straight up bamfed himself out of there. <laughs> but Logan finds Kayla, who is now dying of wounds that she got at some point. Yeah, she's just lying in the rubble, uh, uh conveniently. I guess it fell on her. Yeah, yeah. So Logan picks her up and is now carrying her like it's the end of Officer and a Gentleman <laughs> and plans to walk away and he's walking off into the sunset when then he gets shot in the back. And it is Stryker who has adamantium bullets loaded into a revolver. They mentioned this before, but, you know, it wasn't worth talking about well, until right now. But the, and that line, well, the line he says about the bullets makes no sense. Yes, it was, it was the line where he, he has the adamantium bullets, the bullets that are able to kill Wolverine, that he apparently just decided never to tell Anybody. Zero about. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, well, we got bullets that can kill him, but I don't know, you go do it your way, I guess. <laughs> uh, and so he's he's sitting there and he's like, well, there's only one thing left to do now. And he's loading these adamantium bullets into the, the revolver. And they're like, well, I thought I thought he has a healing factor and he can't die. He goes, yeah, his brain will grow back, but his memories won't. Yeah, how the fuck do you know you this? You know exactly yeah. where memories are stored in the brain? How is this? Yeah. How how do you know this? So this is the best part about all of this is Weapon X is a failure. His big bad weapon. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention 
uh, Deadpool was not being controlled or was not doing everything himself. He was being controlled by Striker. Oh, this is great. He's basically a computer game <laughs> yes, at this point. Through yeah. fucking type commands. Yes. Deadpool was a choose your own adventure game. <laughs> he types decapitate and decapitate. Enter. It's hilarious. Um, so now that I'm not sure why you don't start with decapitate. Yeah, why are you gonna save that for the end? That <laughs> should know, be the man, first command you send. You gotta be showy. Yeah, you gotta like slice him up a little first. So he, after his greatest weapon is a failure, his second greatest weapon uh, ruined it for everybody. All of the mutants are gone. He's wanted for murder. Victor's gone. The place is about to blow up. Stryker believes the best thing he can do is at least shoot Wolverine in the head and make him forget all of this. So he shoots Wolverine once with the, the, the bullets and he comes running after him and he runs up the side of a piece of rubble and is deciding that he's going to jump down and stab uh, Stryker. Mm-hmm. And Stryker puts two bullets in his head. Boom. He then walks over and he's going to go kill Kayla, but then she grabs him by the ankle and she tells him to keep walking until his feet bleed and then continue to walk. And he does. He throws the gun away. He turns around and he walks away off of an island. (laughs) So Wolverine comes back, you know, his brain heals. He wakes up. He uh, gets out of the rubble. He has no idea where he is, who he is, what's going on. And then Gambit comes running over. Or no, Gambit, Gambit showed, showed up, up earlier for a save. Being like, we gotta get out of here. He goes, you gotta go save the kids. He goes, all right, I'll go save the kids. <laughs> and he runs away. Yeah. And then so while Wolverine's getting shot in the head, all of the kids are come out of the, the bunker to find uh, the Blackbird, the X-Men plane, oh, sitting man. there. This is great. And a heavily CGI'd and walking Charles Xavier played by cartoon representation of Patrick Stewart. This is how it's this is so bad. Yeah, this is not Standing how you there. de-age people. This is a bad and example of de-aging. It's not even de-aging him, Ron. He's not in the film. Patrick no, Stewart is not in this film. No. What they did was Stewart did not come back for the movie. They built him entirely out of CGI and then they got him to do a voiceover for the freaking uh wow. telepathic communication. Wow. So he's basically standing there looking like a human Furby. So he's just he's just a statue made out of silicone, st- like standing in the middle of the woods, going, "My name is Charles Xavier, and I run a school for children like you." <laughs> and they're like, "All right, great, whatever. Let's go. Can you just get us out yeah. of here?" There was a, a hundred other better ways you could have done that, uh, yet they chose to do this. So then Gambit watches them all fly away in that plane, and he's like, "Well, I guess I don't have to save the kids then." Comes running back, and he finds now Amnesiac Wolverine, and is like, the kids are all safe. And he immediately grabs him by the shirt, going, what's my name? Who am I? What's going on here? And so Gambit's like, all right, so here's the deal. We came here together. We're friends. Your name is Logan. We're cool, man. And he's like, okay. He's like, we got to get out of here, though, man. Like, the cops are coming. He's like, I'll find my own way. It's like, all right. So Gambit runs off to his plane, and as just as they're about to leave, they see the dead body of Kayla laying there. Gambit's like, anybody you know? And Wolverine just goes, no. <laughs> it's, like, the, it's the best death uh, ever for this right. character. It's so sad. It's so deserved. And no, it's, it's not sad. No, she, that character no, sucks. It's not sad for her. It's sad how what they did to her character yeah. uh, in, the, in the terms so they, of this. 
Gambit runs off to his plane and flies away, and Logan runs off the island because I guess apparently there's a bridge. Uh, but he leaves in his tank top, which means that his iconic jacket from the first X Men movie on the island somewhere. still on the island. Where the fuck was? I don't know how he got it back. Where was Gambit in that whole last scene? Like, what the fuck was he doing? You're saving uh, the kids. Yeah. No, he wasn't sure really he was, doing shit. No, no he like, wasn't saving the kids. No, I know. They, they, what? I'm, I'm pretty sure he was just sitting in the Lady Luck, yes. like looking at a porno mag. <laughs> played solitaire. And he, like, looked over and saw people like like laser <laughs> no, beams no, firing he, off. He, He's he, like, oh crap! <laughs> he saw people shooting dice, and he was like, oh, I got I got to gamble. Like, I'm gonna oh, check my this thing. out over here. I'm gonna go gamble. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the movie. We cut to credits. <laughs> there is a post credit uh, scene, but then but then we 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 almost immediately cut back from the credits to find. Um, General or uh, Corporal Striker, whatever the hell his fucking title was at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, walking still down a road in in tattered clothing. His shoes are torn apart. His feet are bleeding. It's like the only blood you see in this movie, except for the fake blood that they used when they fake killed, killed yeah, Kayla. Kayla, right? Um, and then another another uh, Jeep comes rolling up. Or no, it was Humvees. It was the Humvees were the ones that they didn't have. Jeeps they've had for years. But it was, it was another Humvee comes rolling up. They're like, you know, uh, General Striker. And he turns around and like, I guess this breaks the spell or whatever. He goes, yeah. And they're like, you know, you're wanted for questioning in the death of whoever this other guy was that you murdered with a sword. And that's it. <laughs> so we are given we are given this little tease Why? as if like he gets his comeuppance. But anyone who has seen X2 knows it never stuck. Right. He even got promoted. <laughs> it's like the most pointless post credit scene I've ever seen. And now there are two other post-credit scenes in this movie, and it was depending on which one you saw in the theater. Really? Yep. yep. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't get both. Two post-credit scenes in the theater, and on one on different reels. Yep. You didn't get both. I can tell you which one I got after you go over them. Two of them were one was all the way at the end of the credits. It then opens up, and Logan is sitting in a bar in Japan, ah, just drinking. Okay. And the bartender says, "Oh, drinking to forget, are you?" And he goes. No, drinking to remember. Oh my god! <laughs> well, it, it's Jesus. supposed to be a tease for that the next adventure is going to be in Japan. That the next one was going to take place in Japan, but but it, the, the timeline post credit scene yeah. is it opens up on the rubble of Three Mile Island on the severed head of Deadpool laying in the reactor, at which point it then looks at the camera and winks. Oh jeez! Does he wink or does he go shh? Well, he doesn't have he a doesn't mask. Have a- oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. Wow. I don't remember either of those. Huh. Yeah, because you were, you were probably real stoned. Yeah, probably. No, I, I, I got the Deadpool one. Okay. I had gotten the so, uh, the Logan in the bar oh, okay. one. okay. a Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yeah, you, you were like, you get the Deadpool one and you're like, what? Oh, okay. Now he's Deadpool. <laughs> like, so that's what they're doing? Yeah, it's, it's like he had to have his head cut off yeah. and now he's like, oh, I'm still wacky. Right. And roll credits. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, that took a. That was a. That was a. Harrowing I think I took adventure. Explain it's it quite than the movie. Does. I mean, it's qu- <laughs> but it's a quite entertainingly horrible movie in the, in in that terms. Uh, it's entertaining to go over. Yes, it's entertaining when Delhauer talks about it. Thank you. It's a, but it's bad enough to watch and laugh at too. I thought uh, when I when oh, yeah. I rewatched yeah, it, I'll, I'll skip to my final thoughts. I still recommend somebody watch it. Oh yeah, like, this is it's a, it's bad enough that you can still have fun because like like my brother and I did. It was the first time he saw it. 
There's a lot of good. And drink- it was my second time. There's a lot of good drinking games. He got drunk. Yeah. and we made fun. Yeah, yeah. Of it. There's a lot of good drinking games you could make for this movie. Uh, Delhauer, fantastic recap. Look, we're gonna break down why this happened. What the fuck happened? Right after a little break, we'll play some promos. We'll be right back to figure out what the fuck happened. After these messages, we'll be right back. Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. In a world where so many podcasts offer TV and movie news, along comes another one filled to the brim with podcasty goodness that is only slightly better at best. Admit it, you're always looking for a new brand of meaningless movie nonsense in your podcast diet. Look for the 365 Flicks podcast on Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, and all good third-party podcast apps. You can also swing by the Facebook page. Come join in on the adventures of Kev, a pissy ex-video store clerk. And Chris, a Scottish Whedon Hall. We are your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. We bring you all the latest TV and movie news, reviews, and general geeky rants. As well as a bunch of top fives that you really won't care about. So whether you're Team Iron Man or Team Cap, you're Team Batman or Team Superman, drop on by the 365 Flicks podcast, where the Chris versus Kev civil war never stops. This is the podcast you're looking for. Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night? Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy? Do you want to know more about the unknown? If so, then put on your tinfoil hat, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows. At Secret Transpod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Or you can email us suggestions at secrettransmission at hotmail.com. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listener, if you are a fan of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, if you are a fan of the What the Fuck Happened series, if we've made you laugh on a weekly consistent basis... I think you should join our fan club over at Patreon. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, where you can donate a monthly pledge that supports the show, helps us with maintenance costs, and you get bonus audio, post shows, whole episodes. There's like 10 hours of audio. Uh, Last week's post show was (laughs) fantastic. Uh, Anthony and ourselves, we re-listened to this today, and I was in tears. Delhauer was there. Uh, let me give a testimonial from David Malofsky. And then, Anthony, you're just going to give us a, a hint about what we talked about. All right. Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape uh, sent us a message. This week's Patreon bonus episode might be the best bonus app yet. Tony the fuck boy, LOLOL. Uh, why don't you give us a, a little tease of what we talked about last week? It was so great. 
It is. I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn. It, I actually ended up re-listening to it, like Imran said, and and I, I was I was bawling. I was in laughing. tears. I was. It was. It is really funny yeah. on on playback. Um, what it is is just basically a recap of my uh, sexual exploits <laughs> in Vegas. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Some great Vegas. The the clip is called. The art of the pickup with Anthony. So yeah, we get re- we get pretty psychological and deep. Yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. So here's what I'm the gonna second do. half of that, Anthony. For the listener, I'm gonna cut a little clip of that as a tease, and it'll be available free to listen to on our Patreon. A little taste. If you like it, just click that pledge. Be become a patron. You're gonna get that full clip and like ten more hours of bonus audio. And basically, listener, this is how this works. This is how you could think about it. If the Jock and Nerd podcast stopped today, if this was our last show, what would it be worth to you to keep it going? I think most of you would be like, uh, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go listen to something else. But some of you may be a little bit generous. If the show stopped today, what value is it worth to you? What is it worth? 25 cents a show? That's a dollar a month. Is it worth that much for you to keep keep our show going for us to come entertain you week by week? That's all you got to ask yourself. Check it out at the fan club, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. All right, Delhauer, what do you got on the backstory of this? What the fuck happened? This movie is is horrible, but there's a lot of interesting things going on in terms of uh, the characters they put in, the decisions, the writing, the time this thing was written. Uh, why don't you tell us what 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 do you got on this? So this movie came out in 2009, yep. but it actually. The the production and all of the the wonderfulness of this movie starts all the way back in like 2007. Yeah, something happened in 2007. Now, a few things happened in 2007. Number one, I graduated high school. Oh, that shit. had nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> oh shit. Fuck. <laughs> that had nothing to do with the movie, but I just felt like I wanted to make Imran feel bad about himself. Thanks. Worked. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Imran looks in the mirror and he goes, "Shit." <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, fuck. What did I do? (laughs) Uh, The two big things that happened. uh, Number one was that X-Men The Last Stand came out. Or was that 06? That was 06. Okay, so 06, The X-Men The Last Stand came out. And while it pulled in some good numbers in the way of uh, box office, it was not received well. Third movie curse. Usual third well, movie. That, and also, Brett Ratner ah, from that's Rush right. Hour fame Singer had, directed had dropped out. Yes, Singer Brett had dropped, Ratner directed it because Singer had dropped to out do, to do Superman yes, Returns. Which is yeah. also which is, he like, brought James Marsden with him. Yes. Yep. So they had to try and wrap up the third part of a trilogy that Brian Singer had set out to make and decided, <laughs> eh, fuck it. Just give it to the Rush Hour guy. It's fine. So X-Men, they scrambled. They got in Brett Ratner. They decided, all right, you know what? We're just going to make this the third part of this trilogy and we'll be done with it. So we're going to go balls to the wall and they just put every fucking character they could think of into it. They slammed two different popular stories from the comics together in a way that didn't make any sense. And fans ultimately were just very disappointed by it. I mean, even the title is awkward. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny to then think that, like, you know, according to that movie, the last stand that they're talking about is five X-Men fighting legitimately every mutant in existence other than them. <laughs> but, so the movie didn't do so well. It brought in money, though, so that was always great. At that point, they said, all right, well, what do we want to do with these movies? Do we want to just kind of let it go? And, of course, they said, well, no, we really like the money that they bring in. 
and so the big thing that was always the major draw because they made it the major draw was Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and Hugh Jackman at this point was not fatigued on playing Wolverine because that money though <laughs> well well exactly I mean at this point who is Hugh Jackman without yeah without character? Wolverine oh of course yeah. the, the funny thing about this was around the time that they were doing this movie and they were getting it put together he was doing press tours for the movie Australia nobody remembers Australia nope. And I think, I think, what was it? Like, the only other movie I can remember from that time that wasn't X-Men for him was Kate and Leopold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, time travel movie. I mean, to his credit, he's like the only good thing in the movie, really. You have to pick yeah. one positive, one well, thing. It's it's hard to not be the good thing when Brian Singer literally just ignores every other character. But we'll yeah, when Brian Singer was like, well, and here's, like, the funny thing is, the first movie, it starts off, and it starts off following... Uh, Magneto. Right. Then it's following uh, Jean Grey and Professor X. Then it's following uh, Rogue. And finally it settles on Wolverine <laughs> as its main character after four other introductions. Yeah. And I, now uh, if I we're not doing that first movie. No, we're not. I re- if I remember correctly, at this point, Fox in their what we're doing next thing were like we're going to make a bunch of origin films. Yeah. So, so they Wolverine decided, was the yeah, first of, of once many. Once they had decided that they were going to keep going with, with the X-Men movies, they decided instead of moving forward with a new story, they would go back and they would investigate the origins of several characters. They said the first one they were going to do was Wolverine because everyone loves Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. Depending on how well that did, they planned on doing a Magneto yep, one. Yep. There was also talk of doing one for Storm. And Cyclops, I thought they were going to do a Cyclops one. I never heard oh, one never of Cyclops, Cyclops, but Ron, they very well made that one. I just I threw that out there. Because <laughs> uh, who the hell wants to know Cyclops's origin? <laughs> I got hit in the head real hard. And now I have to wear glasses for the rest of my life. I am a fucking waste. I see red all the time. I'm a square. Follow me. <laughs> we're not allowed to have fun, X Men. Oh. <laughs> At this point, uh, David Benioff, uh, many may recognize that name as the guy who was one half of the creative team that brought Game of Thrones to television, oh. which means he is one of two people who has more money than God right now, wow. had pursued doing a project with the X-Men films for a couple of years with Fox because he was a fan of the X-Men. And so they finally decided they would bring him in on doing this origin story for Wolverine. And Benioff had said that when they were in very early talks back in 2004 about trying to do a possible Wolverine movie, which this was right after X2 came out. And, you know, the everyone was, oh, my God, X-Men 2 is the greatest comic book movie ever because it was the third movie to come out based on a comic book in the past four years. <laughs> And it was, the, and then two of them were X Men movies. He said that they were looking deeply into things like the Wolverine limited series that Chris Claremont and Frank Miller did back in the early eighties. Oh yeah, as well as Barry Windsor Smith's Weapon X story. They then also later on would bring in some pieces of the two thousand and one limited series called Wolverine Origin, which is yep. where we then get things like you know little kid Wolverine yeah, the, in yeah. eighteen in you know nineteenth century Canada with bone claws. So quite a mashup of storylines, very much like what Zack Snyder uh, did with the Batman a little bit. So these were all the bits that they were going to try and incorporate into making the movie. And Benioff was going to start up on the script. He would then later in bring in Skip Woods. If you don't recognize the name of Skip Woods, you're a lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> 
because Skip Woods has given us such great things as both Hitman movies. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. So while Benioff would go on to create one of the most popular television series ever, Skip Woods is still making a career writing garbage. I find it funny that they have a quote from Benioff saying that their original concept was that they wanted to go for a darker and more brutal story and hopefully get an R rating for their Wolverine movie. Wow, they were trying this back then, huh? Huh. So, and when is he writing this movie? What year? 2005 at this point, I'd say. Oh, 2005. Wow. So before even like, Last Stand. Yeah. Before Last Stand. So, and this was even this was like right around the time where like that that darker turn yes. comic book movie thing was starting to become a big point. Like 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 uh, Punisher had just come out. Yeah. And I was and I was going to comment that like it peaked at 2008 with The Dark Knight, and everyone's like, "Oh man." Dark is the way to go. Yep, yep. And Wolverine was like the first movie to come out after that. Yeah. Um, and what I find really funny about it is, is like it peaked in 2008 with, with Dark Knight. Yet in 2007, when Spider-Man 3 came out, it was already overkill. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so they're, they're moving forward. In a couple of years, they're, they're working on this. Now, apparent, this is something that I learned that I didn't realize until reading up on this movie. Now, a lot of people think that this movie's failure was what started Ryan Reynolds on his crusade to get a Deadpool movie made. Okay. That is not true. No. Ryan Reynolds had been trying to get somebody to make a Deadpool movie since 2003. Wow. With him starring yeah. it. And it started with him and David S. Goyer trying to get this picked up uh, after working together on Blade Trinity. Okay. David S. Goyer. Wow. wow. I'm glad uh, that didn't happen. Because no one wanted to pick up the character, apparently Benioff decided that he wanted to bring him into the X-Men movie. So that means technically, while the first person who was ever cast for this movie was Hugh Jackman already being Wolverine, the second was Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. <laughs> so like he just walked in as a package deal. Like, you're going to put Deadpool in it? Great, I'm playing him. And Jack, this was around a point where, where Jackman started working with Benioff in developing the character and the script for the movie a little bit, like between shooting, I guess, other things. I think his production company had something to do with the movie getting made as well. I'd have to, to look back into my notes on it. But it was Jackman's idea to put Gambit in the film. Really? Okay. Really? Uh, huh. It says, similarly, Gambit was a character who the filmmakers had tried to put in the previous X-Men films. And Jackman liked Gambit because he is a loose cannon like Wolverine <laughs> and said that their, the relationship in the movie would echo that of his and Pyro from the original trilogy. I love that he's like, like this movie was, let's just take all the cool 90s characters and stick them in one movie. Wolverine, Dude, if they, Deadpool, and Gambit. Oh, my God. If they could have found a way to put Cable in this movie, they would have done yeah. it. That's the thing is, this is a Wolverine movie. There's so many fucking mutants in this movie. That's so unnecessary. Well, not that. Not only that, but it's like the dichotomy of like these characters were all introduced in like the late 80s, 90s. And then we're sticking them in an origin film that occurred in the 70s. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what? They've been around forever. (laughs) It was uh, in the second half of 2006 that Benioff finally got uh, a draft of the script put together. So it took him two years to write a draft of this movie. Wow. Um, which apparently he did with some help from David Ayer. Oh. Um, it does not state what he contributed to the script. It just says that he did. Hmm. And they were planning on starting shooting in 2007. 
they had to push it back a little bit after that because of filming going on for Australia, and then even more so again because of the Writers Guild strike. Just before the Writers Guild strike, though, Fox brought in two other writers to do a last-minute rewrite on the film. James Vanderbilt and Scott Silver. And I do not know those names. Before this movie, James Vanderbilt did... He wrote Darkness Falls. Okay. And The Rundown, the movie with The Rock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Zodiac, the David Fincher the movie. Zodiac Killer okay. movie. Huh. Uh, after this, he would go on to do both Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, oh, those are good movies. White House Down. Mm. And the second Independence Day film. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no. This guy's hit or miss. <laughs> oh, he only, he only did the first draft of that. So you, okay. I guess... I guess you could you could blame him if you want, but God knows what what was like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. And Scott Silver, he wrote the fighter, and Eight Mile. Oh wow, okay. he wrote Eight Mile. Okay. So like they brought in two dudes who I guess they, they kind of know what they're doing, and for a last minute rewrite of this movie, and this is what we got. Yeah. Um, yeah. The writer strike didn't help. Also, in two thousand. So with the writer strike, we lost a bunch of writers. We had a, a a one and a half draft script that then Fox was like, "Fuck it, let's do this. We're gonna put it into production." So then they went running off, and then they went on the hunt to try and find a director. Well, of course, the first person they asked was Brian Singer, and Singer said, "Fuck." That. <laughs> so then they decided to ask Brett Ratner. Oh, God. And Ratner said, no. Oh, fuck you guys. You threw me in that last one. I ain't doing this shit again. Then we had uh, directors Len Weissman and Alexander Aja. Both uh, were interested in directing it. But uh, but uh, I don't know if they said no or Fox said no. They just wound up not being the ones who did it. Fox then approached Zack Snyder. What? Oh, shit. Really? And he turned them down because he was already working on pre-production on Watchmen. Wow, imagine if Snyder had done this movie. <laughs> might have been better. It might actually have been better. I Yeah, wow. I don't know. It, it, this, this was pre-Watchmen Snyder. He was still, you know, I mean, it was post 300, so he he had his his tropes. I would I would say he Watchmen, which means he wasn't like a self important like yeah. a self important douche. Right? Yet. Yeah. Well, I would say I would argue that this because this film visually is just terrible to watch. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. there, there's not a lot yeah, going yeah. on there, here visually. There wouldn't have been the cartoony CGI right. or any of that crap. He would have at least nailed. Some stuff where you're like, man, this is actually kind of cool to watch. I was yeah. gonna say, if anything, he would have done what Snyder does. He would have gone through like the entire catalog of the Wolverine like uh, miniseries. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna you know, use this. Like, I'm gonna I use really this. like this panel. Put this panel in so here. That's gonna be a shot. Yeah, it would have looked great, and it would have continued his work of copying Frank Miller. Yeah, he's great at that. <laughs> Gavin Hood. Like, it doesn't say why they picked him. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything. I couldn't anything. <laughs> find why he got this movie. And the only response I could think is, he was cheap. He was cheap, and he brought him coffee. It's it, like, looking at the Wikipedia page, it says, Gavin Hood explained that while he was not a comic book fan, <laughs> he realized the character of Wolverine, I think, is great. Uh, his great appeal lies in the fact that he's someone who, in some ways, is filled with a great deal of self-loathing. By his own nature, and he's constantly at war at war with his own nature. 
That doesn't come across in this no, movie not, ever. Not much, not much at all. You don't get this like he's fighting himself at all. No. There's never a point where it seems like he might give in and be violent. He is constantly just like, I'm not going to get violent. Yeah. Well, what if I kill your girlfriend? Well, then I'm going to get violent. <laughs> well, literally that scene you, you, you narrated where he, they're in Vietnam or whatever. He's literally the guy that's like, no, I'm not getting violent. Yeah. This is weird. This is not my. This isn't in my nature. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, we didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Like, okay, he's literally the guy pointing that's out the- that he's not violent. Yeah, that's that's the guy who can't like control his animal urges. Right. Release the animal, Logan. Like, the, I was I was gonna say the only way that 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 concept makes sense is if the end of this movie they went fucking Fight Club on it and it turned out Sabretooth wasn't real. <laughs> it was all in their head. <laughs> That, it, the only thing that's worse for me is the, is uh, uh, Clark Kent's dad telling him he's going to be great, but then telling him not to save people. And then, and then killing himself. <laughs> and then, and then killing, killing himself. himself. <laughs> no, let me die, son. It's fine. I, I always got to work in a BBS shop. <laughs> and, and there it is. I was going to say, that's your weekly strike down yeah. on, on DC and Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. I also love that, like, I'm legitimately just, like, looking at Wikipedia right now. <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't, like, write any of this stuff down for this one. But it's like it says Hood enjoyed the previous films, but set out to give the spinoff a different feel. Oh, yeah, boy. a shitty one. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember feeling like when coming into this film, I was like, I was reading stuff on the internet, and maybe I'm just making this up in my head, but I've, I felt like they were like, we're gonna make Wolverine dark. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be just like this is gonna be the Dark Knight of Wolverine, and. uh yeah, Boy. that tone just fell apart real quick. I remember thinking the origins concept was, I was really excited. I was I like, was excited. yeah, it's like, oh, oh you yeah. could do all I these remember, backstories. This is great. I remember them having like the pictures coming out from San Diego Comic-Con in 2008 or 2007, whenever it was, where they had like the X-Men Origins, Wolverine, X-Men Origins, Magneto, X-Men Origins, Storm. I was like, all right, okay, we're going to, you know, everyone's going to kind of get their own, you know, chance to shine here. Never happened. All thanks to Kevin. Reading, reading, like, watching this movie, reading about how this movie got made, and then reading some of the ideas that they had for, like, X-Men Origins Magneto. Yeah. I am so happy they didn't continue. This was not going to work. Wow. The whole plan for X-Men Origins Magneto was that some of the story points actually wound up in first class. You know, the whole thing of him, like, hunting down the Nazis and whatever else. The whole thing that they were going to do was they were going to use their de-aging CGI that they used in the beginning of Last Stand and they used in this movie for Professor X to have a young Ian McKellen. Yeah, I remember hearing in that. In the Boy. whole movie. Oh, the whole movie. Oh, I remember in the this. Whole movie. Yes. And this yes. is when the young de-aging CGI was not, not ready. Well, it was it sure as shit wasn't uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. No. no. Even in last day, let's talk about real quick the just. I mean, Singer was even known for this, but the straight bastardization of these characters Deadpool, namely one, but you've also got Emma Frost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got, well, who gives a fuck about Agent Zero, but what the hell? (laughs) And you've also got Cyclops, who's like in high school, maybe at this point. So by the time X Men would have came out, would he be like 40? Yeah. And I, I and I got the impression he was in maybe his late twenties, early thirties. Well, and that's the worst part of it is that what this movie proved is they don't know what year it Ever. is. Ever, yeah. 
like so they're like okay it's vietnam and they get you know drafted in at right out of vietnam so that's like mid to late 70s then they get you know it's six years after he quits and then it's three mile island explosion so this is all apparently the last this is 1979 the last year of 1970s but we're finding out that gambit's in like his late 20s early 30s i forgot about gambit too um, we find out that uh, Cyclops is in high school, which means, yeah, by the time the actual movie took place, the original X-Men movie, he would have been like 45. But even Blob, because wasn't Blob in the in the original? No, no. No. No, Toad, Toad was. was. Not Blob. So, and that's another thing. Toad was like a teenager yep. and was being held captive. Again, would have been in his 40s <laughs> in the first movie. And just apparently at one point they also were planning on having, I think it was like an, it, they got cut out of it, but they were planning on having Storm yep. be another one of the characters oh, no. that was yeah. being held at, at Weapon X, so, which means it would have been another X-Man who was in her 40s by the time the movies were happening. So yeah. it's just like yeah. they, they don't uh, like the thing that I hate about it is it's so an amazing representation of the X-Men comics because the comics did this shit all the time where they would retcon things out of the way writers would not actually pay attention to previous runs in the comic yeah. and would just like make people whatever age they wanted and they would just make it you know that shit that happened previous uh, doesn't matter now well, you know like if you like one thing that i'm wondering is you know we we've learned in the past couple of days that they do in fact plan on making a new mutants movie yep and it's going to have magic, Ileana Rasputin. Yeah. There has been seven different versions of what magic's soul sword is and what it does. In the comics. Throughout yeah. the comics. Yeah. yeah. So that means this movie's going to have to pick one of those and decide which one. And and I don't them trust them to pick the right one. Yeah. They, yeah. I'll, I'll just say this. This is also X-Men Origins Wolverine, even the, the prior films, but this one especially was symptomatic of the fact that Fox did not expect to make a franchise out of this. And when and and when they did start making a franchise out of this, they used people that did not like the comics at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Brian Singer <laughs> when he was making the first two movies outright said that he thought this was too ridiculous to possibly ever be popular. Yep. <laughs> So that was why in the first movie he's making fun of the comics. Yeah, and the costumes. Why they're all in like the stupid fucking leather outfits and stuff. Well, and you have to look at the time around it too. At this point in time, like people were always like, "Well, they only started embracing the costumes recently." No, no, no. Spider Man came out mm-hmm. and had the most perfect costume you could have mm-hmm. at that time. It was it was hundred percent comic accurate. Right. Yeah, and 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 proved that you can make money by putting them in their comic costumes. Yet this franchise continued to just hate its characters, all of them except Wolverine. And it's so weird in the fact that, like, you got to a point where, like you said, at this point for Origins, it's like stuff's already so fucked up. Right. What is the point of trying to make it, like, run parallel to the comic books anymore? So we have characters with powers that they never had before. We've got relationships that never existed. We have we have uh, Kayla Silverfox, whose entire character got thrown away just to make her into the damsel in distress girlfriend, and then they kill her off. Not only that, they give her a sister 
Who's yeah, they decided to make <gasps> Emma Frost her sister t- t- for no reason. Her for name. really no reason. Yeah. The only reason shot. is because they wanted to have Emma Frost in the movie. So they, yeah, yeah so just they could have the one shot of her right. turning into diamond. Yep. I, I remember watching commercials and they were like, plant, they were like, this has Wolverine and Deadpool and Gambit and Cyclops. And then they cut to that one shot of Emma, and Emma Frost. Yeah. And it's literally the, the, the only same shot. shot. Yeah. She, like, the same shot. Yeah. She's in the movie for like 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So the funny thing was, is that, you know, the we talked about the fact that we wanted to do this movie because of the fact that Logan came out and Logan was such an, a great movie. And is considered to be, like, you know, one of the best superhero movies in a long time. And is the funny thing about it is because that movie, like Dark Knight before it, created an amazing movie based around characters that just happened to have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Whereas what this movie did was it made everything about the superpowers and being a superhero movie and what that meant to them at that time, the forefront, because this whole movie was created for no other reason than a, they wanted money and B they didn't want to have to lose the film rights to the X-Men universe back to Marvel. Right. With Iron Man coming out in 2008, along with um, the incredible Hulk, Marvel was now starting to actually make movies and Fox initially was done with uh, with X-Men. Yeah. There is no way that Marvel didn't go to Fox and go, hey, so since you did your trilogy, can we, can we get it back? Yeah, the X-Men back. They're like, oh, shit. And they most likely like, well, I mean, we were thinking about doing these these origin movies and stuff as well. It's like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, sure. Well, here's the thing. How about if you don't have a movie come out every two years, yeah. we get those rights back. And Fox was, oh. Well, okay. And now they're under a time constraint Fox to get a ticking. movie made. Yeah. They have the writer's strike that hits. Yeah. And they only and the only thing that they have base that they have as a basis is it's gotta be a movie about Wolverine. <laughs> well the the thing is too is there's and I know like you guys rail on Hollywood a lot, especially Imran, and I don't rail on it as hard, but in this case I will. There's nothing worse than a franchise making a movie just to keep just it cause. Right. yeah, just it, just because, because that is literally a soulless project. It's every Fantastic oh, Four movie. It is. It's, it, no, okay. it's the it's Fantastic Four with Josh Trank. It's mm-hmm. freaking amazing Spider Man one and two. Yeah, the mm-hmm. only one that actually ended up being okay, and I think it's because Matthew Vaughn saved it, is X Men First Class. But other than that, yes. there's never been a freaking movie by Fox or Sony that's been made just keep rights that's been any fucking good it's actually they've all been horrible Look, movies. when you gotta rush it and you're scrambling this is what's gonna happen and that's it, the it's funny just thing. it's was, just greed it's just it was, let's make a movie to make money the whole point behind this movie was to make money so for that fact the only thought that went into it was what does this movie have to have to get people to go to the fucking movie theater and watch it? Hugh jackman is wolverine so it was, well, we have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. That's great. You know what we need? We need fucking explosions. And we need uh, a revenge story. And we have to show him getting the claws. And we have to, you know, have a big fight scene. And we're going to put in these characters that fans love. And we need to have those characters in it. But there was no actual care into how they constructed it. It was legitimately just taking handfuls of stuff 
Like it's it's like you know taking your food and you just whip it at the wall, <laughs> whatever sticks. Well, and then someone goes, <laughs> "Well, don't you like lasagna?" And you're like, "Yeah, but it's all over the fucking wall now." And they're like, well, yeah, but it's still lasagna, right? <laughs> well, and they you also got to point out that they like literally took like Deadpool. They're like, "We don't understand the guy, but he's in it." We'll give him all the powers. Yeah. Gambit, I, I don't get, I don't get it. But these kids, they love, they love it. The Gambit, Deadpool. he's in it. Sabretooth, they like Sabretooth. Wait, don't we have an actor? No way, he's not he's, popular. Yeah. Let's get Liv Schreiber okay. and just totally fuck with everybody. <laughs> he's in it. Where they're like, I don't know, I don't know if that 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 Taylor Main guy can really pull off being a main antagonist. Fine, just get somebody hey, else. The Black Eyed Peas are popular with the kids. Do we got a role for him? Do we got a role for one of them? Oh, and then the best, which is a, still a mistake they're still making, is everyone loves Weapon X. Yes. We got to do that. We got to put that in it. But this is the second time now you're seeing Weapon X, and Fox has made this mistake and had an had a weird cutscene in Apocalypse where yeah. again it's you a see different Weapon, Weapon X. X. Well, but so <laughs> does it? None, none of this. It, this all got changed right after Days now, of Future Past. The, this is the weirdest thing about it. Is so this movie was the first of the trilogy of Wolverine movies. Yeah. You know, after this came The Wolverine, right. set after the original trilogy in Japan with Wolverine on his own. And is actually not that bad of a movie. No, it's not It's bad. mostly based on the, the Claremont Frank Miller run in the early 80s. James Van Gogh saved this series. Yes, and that's that's absolutely what it was. So what happened was, after this movie bombed fucking hard... Yep. The next thing they did was they said, all right, we're not going to do our Origins movies, but we still need to make a movie so we can hold on to the rights. What if we, instead of doing a, 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 a you know Magneto origin movie, we just do an X-Men origin movie? They said, all right, great, sure, whatever. They brought in Matthew Vaughn because no one else wanted it, and they made first class. He literally made, he made chicken salad out of chicken shit because yeah. that movie was so rushed you could tell in like the promotional images they had even they didn't in have their editing. Sh- yeah, they had nothing going. They had literally nothing going, and he saved it. And it's like they they had to carry it on the backs of actors that people barely knew. Yeah. So then they they said, "All right, well that did well. What what are we going to do next?" And I'm fairly certain Hugh Jackman was like, "Well, why well, I, I kind of want to do another Wolverine movie." Yeah. And they said, "Okay." And then James Mangold came up and went, well, here's the thing. If you're going to do that, I'd love to take a crack at it because uh, I know a thing or two about this character. They said, okay. He's like, look, just give me, give me a little bit of control over what we do. I promise you it'll be a movie that you'll like. And so they made The Wolverine. And spoiler alert, it's not bad. It's not bad Most until the, the third act, bad. yes. Then you get to the third act, yeah. and I get that again. That feels like that is Fox stepping in and going, "Well, I mean, this is supposed to be a superhero movie, right?" Yeah. So far, all we've seen is him kind of like get stabbed a few times. He's losing his powers, and like he's fighting a bunch of yakuza. Where's Where's the supervillain? It's like, um, there isn't one. It's like, no, 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 we can't have that. There needs to be a supervillain. Have him fight a supervillain at the end. And I guarantee you, Mangle was like, "All right, fine. He'll fight a giant robot." Silver Samurai. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that sounds right. And so they made the movie, and there's that third act that was eh, not the best, that was but at super least they had comic a pretty bookie. decent lead up to it. And then they finished it, and the movie did really, really well. And finally, Mangold said, See, I knew what I was doing. Now give me complete control over the next one. And Fox went, Okay. And he was like, Great, we're going to make it rated R. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do that. <laughs> Well, Hugh said he'll take a major pay yep. cut if we do rate it R. Yep. Okay. 
yeah, fine. If if we're not spending as much on it, we're willing to do rated R. And he gave them fucking gold. One of the best yeah. things to happen of one of the best X-Men movies out of all ten of them. Uh, we finally well, you, got you this. finally got somebody that understood the character yeah. and gave a fuck because even though Brian Singer made some good movies, although I would argue that X-Men number one doesn't hold up. X-Men no. two was considered awesome because at the time yeah. there weren't many superhero films. True. And then I would argue that days of future past, although good um, is just okay. It's just good. And it's not in, in comparison to what we're getting now from Marvel isn't the best. Yeah, the first X-Men movie, when when Apocalypse came out, I marathoned through all of the X-Men oh, really? movies. Oh, wow. Except for the, except for the Wolverine okay. movies, because they didn't really tie. Okay. The first X-Men movie is bad. It's not good. It, is, there it does is not hold no up. There is no real plot. Yeah. It is a mishmash all over the place. There are a few memorable moments, but it is, n- like, as a film, really not all that great. I mean, that's and, sing- and singers never learned how to direct action. Yeah, which is yeah. which is a problem when you're dealing with a superhero film. The thing that confuses me about that movie, like the first one, is that it's very obvious at some point someone told Halle Berry her character is supposed to be uh, supposed to have an accent. from Africa. Yeah. So she tried to give her an accent, but she never decided what accent. <laughs> well, Africa is just never, a country, right? Yeah. It's just a yeah, big right. country. A lot of dialogue. She never decided what accent, <laughs> and she never committed to it. So it was just like a a very weak like inflection yeah. on the way she talked. It's about as weak as uh, Taylor Kitsch did the Gambit. Well, I, the, here's just some historical context. At the time when X Men came out, everyone was like superhero films. Eh. So when they when something came out on screen that wasn't complete dog shit, people were like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Look what you just yeah. did. No one ever gives credit to the fact that actually Blade is the one that started yeah, the whole thing. It's e- actually e- Blade. E- but the, even in that first one, I was like, wow, they're taking this seriously, sort of. Huh? How about yeah. that? Yeah, well, people were expecting camp. Yes. And that's the thing is that even – I think it was because, you know, you go all the way back to Batman 66 was super yeah. campy. Wow. Yep. Then Batman 89 came out, and everyone was like, oh, wow, you could actually do, like, a, a serious superhero movie. Right. And now, of course, no one ever pays attention to the fact that the first two Superman movies were able to kind of pull that yeah. off. Now, right. granted, two two had a lot of camp, but one and one was just, like, a fun adventure film. Like, right. there was no, like, real stakes in anything because he was Superman. So Batman was the first one to be like, oh, my God, you could do, like, a, a real dark and serious uh, superhero movie. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Then they did. You know, uh, Batman Returns and went, oh, too dark. <laughs> oh, boy. A little too okay. dark. Okay, pump the brakes. <laughs> so then they, they went the other way. And to escape the, the, the too dark, they went to the campy and the neon yeah. again. Right. And then Batman and then, Begins then, made Batman 89 look like Batman 66. Well, you're just skipping ahead, but like the, the X-Men, so the, like for to add on to what Delhauer said, Bat- people were like, oh, at least this isn't Batman and Robin. Right, right. And, exactly. And... You had Blade come out before, which kind of started the whole thing, but also they stripped away all of the superheroics from Blade and made it just kind of like a horror action film. Well, and that was that was the problem. Yeah, was, so no one was Blade like, was, "Oh, this is superhero." They were just like, "Oh, this is oh, yeah, horror it was action movie. Yeah. yeah. While Blade is based on a comic, it was just it was a horror movie where a vampire fought other vampires. Right. Yeah, that just happened to be based on this Marvel character. Uh, so the casual fans looking at X Men, they're like, "Wow, yeah, people take this seriously, yeah. huh?" 
this is what it would look like in real life. (laughs) Singer absolutely hates that. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think if we didn't get this, we probably would never have gotten to Logan and, you know, an amazing movie. So that's why this is interesting in the history of superhero movies. You would have never gotten Logan. Yeah. You have also would have never had the groundswell of emotion to get Deadpool right on screen. Yes. See, that's the other thing. This trails off into the Deadpool movie. This also gave us the longer movie. So while it's horrible, it's kind of important that the the list of things that happened to make this movie at the time in terms of the movies that are out and the writer's strike. Ah, it's just craziness. Yeah. Good stuff. So, well, so, I mean, again, like we said, Dollhower, you would recommend this, even though it is horrible because it's, oh, yeah. You could make no, a fun still, drinking it's game. It's fun, out bad. Of it. Yeah. It's not, it's not the Josh Trank Fantastic Four where it's, you know, it's miserable. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. It is legitimately like, it's fun. It's stupid. There's explosions. You can make it's fun of it. It's laughably you know? bad. You've got Hugh Jackman and his kid counterpart screaming into the sky. No. No. Yes. Oh, it's great. Uh, I was going to say, and if you, if you ever want, wanted to watch a movie where you get to watch Hugh Jackman's naked ass um, leap over a fence. <laughs> Buck naked running through the forest. This is your one. There you go. Uh, look, listener, if you like this and you want to check out the other five, this is what the fuck happened. Number six. Here's what we did. I'll put all these links in the show notes. Jockinder.com slash 166. In chronological order, we started with Spider-Man 3. Then we did Fantastic Four 2015. Then we did Batman and Robin from 1997, and then we started our Ryan Reynolds trilogy with the most Ryan Reynolds-y movie of them all, Green Lantern from 2011. Followed that up with R.I.P.D. with Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges, and then the movie with the least Ryan Reynolds in it, uh, this one, X-Men Origins Wolverine. We, we finally completed the Ryan Reynolds we trifecta. We did complete the Ryan Reynolds trifecta. And now we'll have to go back and do the uh, Ryan Reynolds origin film. Oh, no! Can, can I... Uh... Can I throw a quick thing about Ryan Reynolds? Yes, Deadpool? of course. Deadpool 2. The, the secret about Deadpool is you can't feature a movie with just Deadpool. Ah. Deadpool 1, the only reason that worked is because they kept doing the origin stuff. If it's just Throughout him the doing, whole movie. Right. If it's him just doing jokes, that's going to end that's going to end up real that's going to end or that's going to get real old real quick. Yes. So I think if the, as long as they make this movie about Cable It'll be good, but if they let Ryan Reynolds get too crazy, this movie's going to suck very good point. so bad. It's yeah. a major reason as to why I almost never read Deadpool comics. Oh, his comics are terrible. That's why Rugboy hates it, too. It's just, it's too much. It's too much. Like, I, I get the appeal, but at the same time, it's like, can I please hear a story now? It does. Well, where's like, the like, I mean, the, the basic arc of storytelling is you want your character to grow, you know, learn something, grow, change by the end of the, the story arc. Deadpool's character will never, ever fucking change. And that is going to be grading it for anyone that actually likes movies. The only one that I heard that apparently is good uh, because of the fact that it does actually do like a, a growth of character was the run that Jerry Duggan did. On Deadpool, just before yeah. Secret Wars, uh, that uh, the comedian Brian Posehn. Yes, that that's actually pretty good. I was reading it at that point. And that's where he gets married to like the vampire girl, and it was supposed to well, be. It's, it's the one where he discovers that that he had a daughter from before. Oh, he that's was right, Deadpool. Yeah, and that somebody else figures this out, and it was him working to try and protect this girl because someone was going to try and kill her to get to him. 
and it's a legitimate human story for this character. But you do have the ghost of like Franklin Roosevelt, or who is it? Uh, uh, it's the ghost of the Teddy Roosevelt. No, the Teddy. Ben Franklin. The ghost yeah. of Ben Franklin is like one of the characters. It's wacky. Well, and that's the thing is that it's it's the ability to work in a legitimate story with like human growth and concept and character, but also remember the fact that a big part of this character is that he is supposed to be batshit insane. Yep. It just, I, what, what I'm getting at also is that Fox is banking a lot on Deadpool to kind of carry the torch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just don't yeah. trust them to be able yeah, to handle I mean, that. Yeah. That character is lightning in a bottle. It is it's at tough. Least why, it's at least why I'm interested in seeing New Mutants because it's not like they may cross it over a little bit with like the X-Men stuff that they're doing. But I really don't want them to have Deadpool in it. Mm. I know he started in the last bit of the New Mutants run back when Liefeld took over the book. Yeah. And as just about anyone will tell you, it was the worst time for New Mutants. <laughs> yeah. But if they can leave it alone and focus more on like the early Claremont stuff instead of like the, the 90s, everybody has pouches and guns shit that Liefeld put out. I think a New Mutants movie could actually be really good. Isn't it like strangely ironic that like Liefeld, the guy that <laughs> everybody in comic books just fucking hates. Yeah has created the character that now everyone is rallying behind as the character that's going to lead the X-Men franchise into this new era of we can keep going. Now that Jackman is gone. We're going to see more X-Men movies because of Deadpool. Well, I think the funniest thing about it was in the the, the early 90s when he first came around, everybody was okay with him. Like he, he took over New Mutants when he was 19 years old. Yeah. And you can tell. Because he created Deadpool and he created Cable and, you know, he was the the forefront of the pouches and bandoliers and everybody has a gun concept. (laughs) He was in a jeans commercial with Spike Lee. The greatest thing I've ever heard was somebody describing how he created um, Deadpool and said it is the most 19 year old thing in the world. Oh, in the 90s, too. Yeah, He's like, I'm just going to mash Wolverine with Spider-Man and uh, and some other things. In the 90s, when he took over. Uh, New Mutants, he said the two biggest, or it was like the, the two biggest selling comics at the time were Wolverine and Punisher. <laughs> so he said, how do you combine Wolverine and Punisher? Well, I'm going to take somebody and I'm going to give him Wolverine's healing factor and I'm going to give him guns. And he wasn't even the one who made Deadpool like the fourth wall breaking smartass. No. He was a straight no. character at the no, time. No, he made, he was like I'll make him Wolverine, Punisher. Yeah. yeah. He kind of I'll make him look like Spider-Man. Yeah, I can make him look like and Spider-Man. Maybe kind of like Dead Sh- or uh, Deathstroke too. Yep. And you know what? Pouches. He pouches and and he's a ninja too. He's all of the he's things. He's got a sword too. He's, he's literally like everything the '90s fanboy would whack off to. It is. It's wow. It's such a dated thing. It really is. I mean, his character is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fucking strange character that everyone's rallied behind. Oh, we're gonna get Deadpool two. Then we're gonna get New Mutants, and then we're gonna get the Dark Phoenix movie. So this is the oh, future God. of the again. So like, it's so funny how Fox has to retry these things. They don't learn their lesson. They're like, let's take another swing at the Dark Phoenix. Listener, if you have a movie for us for what the fuck happened you us want to hear us do we need uh uh selections for our next entry uh let us know contact us you know how it goes now you know 
What is good? Delauer, that was awesome. Look, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this up right now. I'm just gonna share one thing, and it kinda has to do with the writer's strike of 2007 and the recently dodged writer's strike that almost happened that didn't happen from our buddy John Bellotti, who paints sets for Blacklist. He works in the industry, and uh I think last episode I was like, I wanna know, Bellotti, were you working in the industry? Uh, how did it affect you? So he writes, Hey guys, I started listening to your new podcast and I love the shout outs to me right now. I am done with blacklist until next season. So if the writer's strike happened, it wouldn't have had an immediate effect unless it dragged on for a few months. If I wasn't working, I would just do more of my art and go to the beach a lot. Like an unhealthy amount of beach trips. There would be some cat petting in there too. So for the last strike, I wasn't working at the time at all in the biz. I stepped away to do animation. But when the strike was announced, the studios knew way ahead of time and prepared for it. What happened was that the studios were doing more films at the time in order to beat the strike. They rushed films into production to make their opening dates. New York exploded with film work to the point that the unions were at max capacity and were sorely needing extra hands. My friend Kristen was in charge of the paint department on a film called choke with sam rockwell and she in desperate need of scenics luckily and she was in desperate needs of scenic painters luckily she was allowed to hire non-union painters hard he wrote it wrong uh luckily <laughs> she was allowed to oh, hire wow, wow i got it right just here. throw him under the bus i love you Bilotti. luckily she was allowed Shit. to hire non-union painters and called me right away so the last strike is what brought me back into the business and i started freelancing from there in the non-union world for film slash theater productions. Three years later, I got into the union. So that's how I knew there wasn't going to be a strike this time. There were no preparations by the studios. They weren't rushing projects into development either. Uh, that's a great insight. It's really interesting to know that he would have known, he would have seen this strike. The signs are happening. clear. People was, were freaking out. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. Very cool. That was, you got some more feedback, right? Uh, yeah, look, I'm going to read one more. I forgot to read this last episode, and I and I apologize to Ron Hans in an email. He sent us a review of uh, his thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, real quick, he says, hey, JNN, as I said on the community page, I saw the movie last night with my four-year-old son. My initial thoughts, they had me at the opening credits. Viewing the opening battle from Baby Groot's angle was great. That hooked my son as well, who watched Guardians Volume 1 last week. I will keep this short for the most part, but this was by far the funniest movie in the MCU. My face hurt after the movie because of the jokes. I also think this is a great movie in between the origin story of Doctor Strange and what we are going to get with Spider-Man. With Volume 2, you get more of what makes Marvel great, which is the character development. Not only with the main characters, but the side ones as well. This is what Marvel gets, and WB slash DC doesn't. The death of Yandu was emotional and made you feel sad. It was an earned death where on the other hand, when Superman dies in BVS or anyone who died in Suicide Squad, nobody gives a shit. This is another great addition to the MCU. I don't know if this is better than the first, but I really did enjoy this. Can't wait to hear your review. I hope you already heard it. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for writing in. Uh, I do have to point out, though, that when uh, Pyro Guy from Suicide Squad dies, I I shed a tear for sure. (laughs) Oh, what the fuck was his name? Uh, fucking uh, Diablo. Diablo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, before they, before he turns into his Mortal Kombat doppelganger. I mean, he was I really he got was really emotional. He killed his that. whole family. They got you with a family he, story. What uh, what what got me up from it was um, he turns into a giant demon and he's using mystical fire and it's not hurting the bad guy. But then they kill the <laughs> bad guy with C four, <laughs> with just <laughs> explosives. It's yeah, a good point. I got uh, I got a YouTube review. Now, this is really funny. So, Anthony, you did your you got your zinger in 
to DC Warner Brothers Zack Snyder. And every show we kind of do. In the Guardians, we also we said the same thing. We're like, nobody gave a shit about any and What's funny is like the DC fans, they pick up on this, whether you realize oh, it or not. One, they, are, they are so hardcore. So Guardians of the Galaxy, one throwaway line where we bash the DCEU. Here's what we get from Bob Husimem on YouTube. He says, hey, guys, enjoying the podcast, but I have to respectfully disagree with you about BVS. I actually hated BVS after watching it three times theatrically, and I had connected with Superman more in Man of Steel than I could in BVS. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You hated something three times? What the fuck are you doing? Okay, wasting yeah. your money on something you've watched three times. You hated it every time. It gets better. And right. I was so upset that I didn't feel more emotionally about his death. And then came the ultimate addition, where that additionally needed character connection was prevalent as well as filling in all the plot holes and the other character issues that the theatrical version had. Okay, that's being very generous. It did not fill in all the plot holes. After my first viewing of Ultimate Edition, that movie made a complete 180 from being a disappointing superhero movie to being my all-time favorite superhero film. Oh, shit. And regarding Man of Steel, Superman should not have felt any familial connection with Zod or any of the other Kryptonians, although he knows that they are of the same race. He has always connected more with his Clark persona than his Cal L persona. And because of the Kents, Lois, and the other humans in his life who told him not to save anyone, I just added that in, he has always felt his first loyalty to Earth and humanity. Yes, he felt horrible. Wrong. About, no, yes, wrong. wrong. That is so, yeah, no. He, oh, I'm yeah, kidding. <laughs> he, um. <laughs> yes, he felt horribly about being put in the position of having to kill Zod or stand by while Zod slaughters every person on Earth. But he ultimately made the decision, as he always would, humanity first, himself last, everyone else in the middle of that spectrum. Superman is a character who bases his decisions and actions on the safety of people before his unhappiness or did, did that get British part. guy from that other show write this? No, I don't know who this guy is. Oh, Scott Meredith? No, no, Scott no. Meridu? I'm talking about the the guy you guys always refer to as our double. I forget this fucking Oh, Kevin name. Halden? Oh, from 365? <laughs> oh, yeah. That no, asshole. but Kevin would... So, what I, the one thing I liked is this was a YouTube comment, and he was respectful, and this is a great thing about fandom. We can agree to disagree. Thanks for your thoughts. I never saw the Ultimate Edition, so I can't comment. My outlook on that is um, I'm glad that he liked the Ultimate Edition. Yeah. I've heard good things from a lot of people. Um, my outlook on it is... If you have to release a second version yeah. of your movie yeah. after you've released your first version <laughs> publicly, not like it was a test screening, people didn't like it, so here's what we did. And you have to add things back in for people to actually care about your characters or like your story, you fail. Yeah, or understand the plot. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so I I'm I'm glad to hear that he was able to enjoy it. I personally have chosen to never see the ultimate version of that movie because I don't need another half hour added on to a damn three hour movie. And I hated it the first time. I hated it the second time when I watched it on HBO because it was free. And I don't need a new version of the movie to like it. I need them to make a better movie. It's unfortunate that they put that theatrical cut out because the ultimate edition is a slightly better version. And that should have been the fucking movie. Like you just screwed yourself. Yeah, but who, who's sitting in a movie theater for three hours watching this? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, and, and I'm not. I already and I'm, sat for two and a half. Yeah, <laughs> I sat for two and a half, and and I've seen already the tone. Like, I've seen the tone that Zack Snyder's established with the first two films. These aren't films that you enjoy throughout. Like, there, there's no. There's nothing you're laughing at. No, there's, there's no the, joy at all. There's no. They, these are miserable films yeah, to watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, you just feel sad and beaten down by the end. Even of it. Man of Steel, which is like, eh, like at least like like there were some points that I actually kind of liked, but There's by no the end hope. of that film, you're just tired. Yeah, yeah, you're just tired. Watching like there is a reason that he apes everything off of Frank Miller, and that's because that is exactly what Miller did with everything. Yeah. Is that just everything was? Oh, look at how dark this is. Look at how fucking depressing this is, and look at how terrible superheroes are, and how they're all so stupid, and I hate them. And like everyone's like, man, those were iconic stories. It's like, no, they weren't. No. Well, they were good at the time. It specifically worked because, again, like we said, they were trying yeah, to come out in the eighties when yeah. Coke was a huge yes. problem. They were trying to shake the camp, <laughs> the Batman campiness out of people's minds and show people that comic books are for adults. And in eighty six, when that came out, it did blow. It blew me away. I was like, holy shit! They swear in this. This is totally there was, serious. There was never a moment in my life where the Dark Knight Returns was, to me, considered to be a good story. Really. I fucking hated that book the first time I read wow. it. Wow. Okay. Because everything about it was just so like, yeah, Batman's going to turn into like this fucking angry fascist and he's going to just kill people because he's tired of it. And I'm like, you don't understand the story and the concept of the character then. Like, you yeah. you, you, you want to know something? This. Dark Knight Returns along with uh, like the Coke Green Lantern and the... Um, all the other shit that came out at that time, yeah. Watchmen, yeah. ruined comics. And here's why. At that time, they started making comics for adults. And yeah. they're like, oh, man, adults. <laughs> you know, this, We're going to get adults here to take it seriously. So basically what you're doing is you're continuing this uh, making of comics for adults. So you're not getting any new kids to come in because who's going to let their kid read The Dark Knight Returns? Nobody. The kid no. won't fucking understand it, right? So basically, you're creating this market where it's just 40-year-old men that are going in and either they grew up with these comics and they're loving it, or they've captured this new 40-year-old men um, demographic, and it's just 40-year-old men going into this weird comic book shop that's fucking disgusting with a 40-year-old man sitting there. What's appealing about that to kids? That literally ruined comics for the rest of the... That's why no one buys comics anymore. I mean, I'll agree in the point. I I was like... I think I was 13 or 14 when I read Dark Knight and Watchmen. And looking back, I did not get a lot of the themes. What got me off was that they said shit and ass and it was right. violent and that was it like all everything else went over my head and i was like this is the best thing ever well, I, and i'm not saying so that there wasn't a place for that yeah. i'm saying the what the lesson learned from that was the wrong lesson yeah. that everything yeah. needed to be like this so here's what i offer yeah. i'm gonna give you a breakdown of my concept of what anthony is talking about but you're gonna have to pay a dollar for it because it's gonna be on the oh, patreon nice. snap. Uh, all right, look, let's... By which I mean it'll be the post <laughs> it'll show. It'll be the post show. So let's finish up with a couple of comments from Adam Morris from Twitter. This is kind of interesting. He tweeted at us and Rugboy and somebody named Lazy Jedi Bry about Guardians of the Galaxy saying, So, the Mary Poppins reference, coincidental that Disney is also rebooting that next year? He says, Not really a criticism, just occurred to me that Disney is still feeding its own machine, even with a funny little off-the-cuff reference. That didn't occur to me. And then Jedi Bry replies, they use Pinocchio in Age of Ultron. And now I think we got to go back and watch every Marvel movie and find the fucking Disney reference because it's going to be in all of them. That's, that is pretty good. It's yeah. evil that is, genius. That is good. Somewhat within, you, Pinocchio, yep, you saw that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I didn't catch that huh. until uh, Adam Morris pointed that How out. How much you want to bet in Spider-Man they're going to make a reference of the Vulture and incorporate Dumbo? Oh, shit. Because I believe they're rebooting Dumbo live action also. 
I can see that happening. Mm, that was a stretch. It's a let's. It's a new drinking game. Find the Disney <laughs> reference in all the MCU movies. Look, this has been awesome. Tell Howard. Tell the listener where they can find you. The listener can find me on Twitter at Matt Delhauer, um, where I uh, I don't think I'm going to yell at Dan Slott this week. <laughs> there will be a, uh, a, a not this week. You uh, I think I'm going to take. A are break. you writing a companion post on your blog to this show, Delhauer? There will be a companion post on the blog. Uh, it will be at www.gingergeekblogs.wordpress.com. Um, this may be the last one that we actually do as a companion with Ginger Geek. Ooh. Um, I'm thinking once we are able to get uh, Geek Chorus up and running, that will probably take over the co-hosting right uh, side. Yeah, of sounds good. Let's evolve this, combine it, mash it up. Uh, Let's Voltron this shit. I'll form the head. Uh, look, thanks for Oh, you dick. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> who, who the hell's a leg? <laughs> who wants to be the arm? Look, thanks for listening. Listen, we hope you enjoyed this What the Fuck Happened. Check out all the What the Fuck Happens. Of course, as always, subscribe, leave a rating, tell your friends, spread the geekery, run up to the next person you see, give them one of these. Jock and nerd. With the dramatic pause, this has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Hey, we'll catch you next time. Jock and nerd. Tap that ginger ass.